Yo, 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 Simo. He's so crazy. He's mowing the lawn in the blacket with a flymo. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm good, mate. Yourself? I'm ecstatic, actually. Welcome back to Australia's first and only dedicated wanking and streetcar podcast. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm pretty glad, actually, you added in that extra little bit of action, the wanking section, because not only is it true, but there are actually other streetcar podcasts out there these days. It's kind of weird. You remember like shows like The Brady Bunch, how they actually finished the Brady Bunch TV show, but then they kept coming back to do like Christmas specials and variety shows and all this sort of stuff. Yes, I sure, I sure do. This kind of feels like that, but we don't get paid for it. They were probably doing it to, you know, like, put money into their bank accounts and of course anybody who does podcasting knows that that doesn't actually happen for us especially or anyone else for that matter so yeah i'm kind of thinking it's pretty cool definitely it, sh- it sure is but uh how is your how is your microphone it's funny actually you mentioned my microphone which i did have to dig up out of like the abyss it was literally covered in dust like fucking barn dust and i'm not sure whether i should be cleaning it off because it might add extra value to it if I ever go to sell it. So if you hear me sneezing, it's just because I'm getting fucking nosefuls of dust. That's all that is. It could be a barn fine. <laughs> it could be. And if I add COVID tax to that, like in any other fucking buzzword there is to sell shit these days, I think that, yeah, it's probably worth millions. Anyway, that well, sounds good. Well, Simon, of course, you're the uh, skipper here at the Thong Slappers. Would you be able to tell the moots out there and the clap claps what, uh, what we're going to do? Well, we thought in line with the 40th anniversary of Street Machine magazine, we'd come back and record a special episode where we actually talk about Street Machine, we review the 40th anniversary special edition that came out, and also chat about 1981 as well, which I think, you know, seeing the fact that the magazine was released in 1981, it seems to be a really appropriate year level to do that. And I think this generally catch up, mate, like, you know, it's been like over a year pretty much now since we finished up things. And I'm sure there's been lots of shit happening on every single front of your life and probably mine as well. So, yeah, anyway, just uh, more, more ups and downs than your silhouette in a Saturday night. <laughs> just on, on that note, have a listen to this. I'm drinking a cup of tea. Oh, yeah. I just finished one. I got I'm a cup. I have a piece now just warning you, but yeah, that's awesome. Good I, got, I got a cup of tea. I got a lamington, a croissant, and two pieces of licorice. I am on the dry. I'm not drinking alcohol for a while. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. How long have you been off the turf? Uh, so far, about a month. I had a bit of a chat to uh, to Benny Hewlett, of course. The uh, Well, he was the Red Dirt Pirate. He's now the River <laughs> Riverina Heathen because he, he's moved his locale. And I was having a chat to him and also Brett Abraham from Car 35. And I said, guys, I think I'm drinking too much. And both one of them bastards agreed. So, yeah, we've given her a... Uh, a bit of a spell. And, man, it is so fucking boring being sober. You know, I bought a throw rug. Do you know what a fucking throw rug even is? 
Yeah, isn't that something you get from like IKEA just to put on the ground? No, well, that's no. Well, see, in my bedroom, I've got one of those uh, big uh, cow skins, you know, like a cow skin on the ground to, to walk yeah. on as a rug. A throw yeah. rug goes, you know, when you go to chick's house and they've got all that shit on their bed that's just like not a doona or a pillow, it goes on the bottom of your uh, your bed as like a ornament or some fucking thing. I don't know, you know, on a, a 120 wide dats and you put the crocheted rug on the parcel yeah, shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the crocheted oh, wow. rug of. Uh, Man, I went bushwalking for fuck's sake. It's going to kill me, this sobriety, man. They should mention that in the pamphlet. Caution, you may end up bushwalking or buying fucking bed linen. <laughs> fuck's sake. But actually, well, what is corresponding with the dry spell on the alcohol is a dry spell on the loving. What's going on? Oh, man. You know, look, and the thing is too, as we get older, you want to make sure you're using it as much as possible because, you, you know, you could get to that point when you're 60 or 70 or whatever where you need to coax it along with a bit of peel action. And you just, I don't know, you just want to use it as much as you can, hey. Do you want to hear a wankin' worry? Sure. Okay, well, a little while ago, about four or five months ago, I was with a friend and we were just both really in the mood for it. We had one of those excellent nights. I actually wrote a little thing about it, like just – aerobic and just passionate and a real and just dawn was on us before we even knew what was going so i got up and left and it was a, a really good night of action so i go home and i jump in the shower and i'm yeah. showering away trying you know get the smell off me and the sin wash the sin from myself and you wouldn't believe it i looked down and here's little red standing at full attention man after that kind of night so i think well fucking yeah. did you actually do this sort of night have you ever done it with a lady as well now, what are you talking about? Just a rubber doll. <laughs> so I dead set punished him, and I couldn't wait to finish to get out of the shower. I'm standing there, ringing wet with a towel around me. I ring her up and go, I just had a wank. And she's like, oh, my fucking God, really? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, I can't even get in the shower. <laughs> Water's hurting by the JJ. Because so, wanking and sex are two different things, eh? Like, they're not even fucking related. Yeah, mm. I guess so. Say it like that if you need to. There, there we go. So it didn't take us long to get into the masturbation section of this. So let's no, hope, let's no. hope we can do some cars somewhere along the line. Well, we'll see how we go. But I'll tell you what, what else has been going on for you like in the line? Anything exciting? I've got a heap of domestic bliss, but um, why don't you crack off with one of yours and I'll crack off with one of mine and we'll do it kind of like that. How, how have you been going, Cobber? Skipper? Mate, domestic bliss, it's kind of been up and down a bit, you know, like it's, yeah, I'll run you through it. And I'll tell you what, you and all the moots out there, you can kind of... I don't know. You can kind of just make your own decisions and, and assumptions on whether you think this is legitimately good enough for domestic bliss or not. So, as you know, for, I guess from the end of the last episode, Lucy's EH, of course, in the build, Honey, and my VG Hardtop, which was being transplanted with a V8. So this is pretty much a year ago. But in that year, we have just had, like, forget COVID. Like, we've been really, really lucky. I know there hasn't been people who have been as lucky as far as work and stuff goes. Man, it's just been a fucking shocker of a year, which, of course, impacts on all the domestic bliss you try and do or anything like that because it just isn't the priority that other stuff is. So, you know, look, I've been trying to tick away. Bro, I spoke about the Legends in Our Own Lunchtime, which is that Facebook page I started, which is actually going gangbusters. I'm finding it's really good because people are posting shit they're doing and it's keeps me motivated so that's sort of working out really well but the current state of play okay talking about lucy's uh, honey h first is that the <laughs> i didn't work on this thing for like over a year hey fuck i was in trouble <laughs> but i'll just you know that's by the by i'm at the point now where i've actually pretty much reconditioned and refurbed every single component 
that needs to go back on the car, excluding the motor and gearbox and the diff. But, you know, just all the bolt-on shit, like stuff you can do kind of quite quickly. And I'm at the point now where the front, uh, what do you call it? Guards, like the clip, like the, yep. not the cross member. I just had a total fucking mental blank. The front subframe, let's just call it the subframe assembly, yep. right? Because as you know, we have to replace it due to the accident damage it had. I've cut out all the rust and welded that up. I converted it from EJ configuration to EH, which means you just got to kind of add a couple of brackets here, cut off a couple there. So I've been slowly but surely dribbling along with that, which has been pretty good. As far as Bert, the hardtop goes, I've re-sprayed the engine bay completely, put all the V8 front suspension in it, and V8... Oh, actually, no, I didn't put V8 torsion bars. I left it six-cylinder, mainly because of two reasons. One, I'm fucking lazy, <laughs> and second, that it'll help it, like, launch, because it's like putting six-cylinder springs in the front of your V8 hole, that kind of scenario. So, did that, got the engine bay painted. I'm detailing everything. I'm at the point now where uh, all the sign writing is designed and laid out. Uh, good mate, Casey Johnson, he and I have been collaborating on car builds for fucking years as far as throwing ideas against each other. But the big news with Bert the VG Hardtop, as you'll remember, I was originally going to call it Wild Honey as you pestered me with that fucking U2 song. You're a big fan of Bono? destroyed my... <laughs> It kind of just destroyed my love of even doing that. So what I did was, hey, you're recording this, by the way, hey? Yeah. Hey, cool. Um, <laughs> That's so, the idea. <laughs> they call it a so, podcast. <laughs> Sorry. So, that's all right. Anyway, so basically what, where it was at was paying the engine bay, doing all the signage. It's got all the wheels on it. It's all coming together. I did like the... I called it Mr. Bad. Do you remember E Street? There was that show on, on TV called E Street where they had that Mr. Bad who had like a half black and half silver face. <laughs> I did the back wheels like that. It got to the point because I'd really just the, – the wild honey thing, it just wasn't working for me. Like the love of it was there, but the U2 love wasn't there. I thought I need to find a new name for this car. And it, it just has to come a bit more naturally like old days did. So anyway, the VT hardtop – has now officially called Loose Morals, all right? So it's not just about the whole loose women thing. Well, that's kind of good, though. But it's also just generally about the car itself. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a bit obnoxious. It's going to be getting around kind of with Loose Morals. But the main reason was... You should have called I it Ben Hewlett. To... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, main, <laughs> the main reason was I actually wanted to call it Skanky Ho. Seriously. <laughs> I was so, going to call it so Skanky Ho, right? But... I sort of thought, you know, Skanky Ho, like, in the 70s, was that even a name? Like, or is that something that's come on kind of in the 80s and 90s? But anyway, so it's kind of like a more, more period-correct version of Skanky Ho, and that's kind of where that came from. So that's officially in the name of the car. All the sign writing's been designed. It's going to be going on when get it printed up and get around to doing it. So I am slowly but surely getting, to, getting it together in that car. And probably... Dropping my daughter at kindy with skanky home the doors, <laughs> stretching the friendship a little bit. I know. Smiles is probably a bit better. I think um, you'll be so. the the leading member of the Harper Valley PTA, dropping her off in that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I just digress? Right, of course. Just quickly from this. Just speaking of you know kindergarten drop offs, man. A couple of months ago, okay. So we've got a daughter who's four and a half. So. The fact that Lucy's 46 and I'm 47, we're kind of older parents compared to parents who would normally have kids in kindergarten or, or you know, like preschool and stuff. Yeah, you but agree? just, just let me know what I mean. I agree that you're both pretty hot. Oh, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> mate. I'll try not to get a head swell. <laughs> <laughs> I already had a stiffy from talking to you, so that's too late for that. Um, 
Anyway, so just to, I've got to just quickly tell you this story. So I was on a day off, and I thought, oh, cool, I'll drop our daughter, you know, down to kindy. Now, to set the scene, her kindergarten is down at the end of what you would kind of call, I guess it's a no-through road, right? At the end of the road, it branches off to go to, like, the car park for a train station. Okay. So there's no through traffic. It's kind of quite a narrow road, but across the road from the kindergarten is a big, like, hardware store that's been there for fucking ever, okay? So yep. setting the scene. So I'm cruising down there, get my daughter out of the car. As we're kind of walking through the gates of the kindy, the world's toughest Western star semi. Fuck, mate, you should have seen this thing. It was like a show truck. It pulls out of the bottom driveway of the hardware store like, across the road. So it's kind of coming up what would normally be the the cul-de-sac bit of a no-through road, right? Yep. Fucks me how this guy even got this thing in there. I think he must have gone, maybe nosed into the car park of the train station reverse. Anyway, look, that's beside the point. So here's this guy. He's in the world's toughest Western star. It's gunmetal grey. If it wasn't painted, it was polished or chromed. Like, this thing was just like fucking drop-dead gorgeous truck, right? And the trailer looked great, too. So he's pulling out, and because he's driving through what's considered a, a school zone, even though it's quite strict, he's in low, low, mate. Like, this guy is going super slow. He's being super careful. And I've been ta- teaching my daughter the whole thing about, like, the air pump. Like, if you see a truck, <laughs> your fist pump, to get him to blow the air horns. We've been doing that, as you do, right? It's a rite of passage. It is. <laughs> so as this truck's coming up the street, my daughter's gone, truck! And I'm, like, looking at this thing going, oh, man, this is so awesome. And he's driving up the road, and as he's seen us, we're both pump in the air mate like trying to get this guy and you know in a truck with air horns you know like you, you pull like the um the cord right yeah and he's just gone like knock knock like he's just just yep. you know just tapped on the air horn so he's two to the horns for us but he hasn't actually you know blasted us into the next street so he's being respectful and he's been doing everything right anyway my daughter's just losing losing her <laughs> mind and i'm losing the mind that he's done it and the truck and all the other kids there have seen it and they're losing their mind and they're doing all this this fucking mother who would have been probably 30 so this is what i'm talking about the generational gap she comes up to me and she goes excuse me i don't think that's appropriate and i said i'm sorry what do you mean and she goes i don't think it's appropriate that you're teaching kids things like that you're likely to scare them <laughs> I said, oh, for God's sakes. I said, seriously, didn't you have a childhood? I said, scared, have a look at these kids. The kids were all running around, like fist pumping, going honk, 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 like imitating it. They thought it was the best thing ever. And I'm just going, Jesus Christ, you know, just get a life, hey, seriously, and just walked off. So that was that. That afternoon, I go back to pick her up, and the director of the kindergarten, he's really nice, like she's probably about our age. She calls me as I'm leaving. She goes, hey, um, I just need to have a chat to you. Someone's made a complaint about your behaviour this morning. <laughs> I went, oh, for God's sakes. I said, let me guess. It's because I did the air pump to the truck that drove past, and she thinks it's going to scare all the kids into wetting their pants. Anyway, she goes, yeah. I said, like, seriously? Is this what the world's become now, where kids can't even, and adult, can't fist pump a truck that's going past? I just have to tell you because it was brought to my attention. So that just sets me off even even worse now you know it just it shits me mate that yeah. sort of behavior like do you understand i absolutely do. that's where the director needs to say to the complainant say look that's just your opinion and i think you're being a bit sensitive about it it's all taken on board but we'll see what comes yeah. you know just actually use some balls and go look that's just crazy but i think in millennials which she would be if she's 30 i think if you blow the horn they get celiac disease don't they probably <laughs> i'd say so that is fucking crazy well, doesn't really improve relations between generations. But look, in saying that, none of the other parents gave a shit and they're all kind of a hero. Um, so, I mean, one thing with that story, you may have 
glossed over the fact where you said you were driving the van. Can you explain to us the van? <laughs> Just the Mr. Juicy orange Valiant panel van. <laughs> With the bonnet scoop? Yeah, but that doesn't make me a bad person. It's got the te- tens on the te- tens on the rear of the Mexican stance. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Yeah, that make me an irresponsible parent. Mainly stretch. Which what? one? Are, which one of your street cars has got the um, Dixie horns? That one. <laughs> I have, come on, man! I blast them. Lucy I'm, was saying I should blast them next time I leave, but I just, you know, it doesn't make me irresponsible. If you're new to the scene, St. Lucy is uh, Simon's partner and she's got some class when she's saying that you should definitely blast them horns. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm just stretching this out. And, you know, you know that here at the Thong Slappers, we always cut a short story long. So I'm going to get off of that story now. Like I know I've just freaking totally got your sidetracked. So wrapping up my domestic bliss, the hard top just needs to have the motor put together now. It's all being machined. Actually, Macca, he's helping me do the engine build. Maka himself, his hard top, you know, he runs that tough stroker 360 hard top. Literally yesterday, he ran 1046 at 128 miles per hour. Like full pump fuel, drove to the track, drove home, no problems. This thing sounds just so sweet and and just goes tough. Clean and straight. Unbelievable. So good on you, Maka. That was just, yeah. I'm really glad, really happy for him. But, of course, he got the tap on the shoulder because it's not teched or caged. So, yeah, that's the end of that for a little bit. Mac is hot now, eh? Oh, man, look, I'm probably about 86, 87 on a good day. But he'd be, yeah, yeah, he's lost probably half his body weight, I reckon. He got me kicked out of the bar at Townsend. <laughs> One of us did. I can't remember the fine details. Something about the millennial wanting me to drink water. I'm like, I'm at the bar to drink water. I've told that story anyway. What's going on with Disturbia? Nothing, mate. I've just been, yeah, just driving it when I can. I haven't done anything to it. Like, it, it's it's actually completely finished. I just drive it. It's so awesome. That's I don't the do part of street cars, it. isn't it? Well, that's kind of the way I just want to get every car. I want to get it to that point. So, you know, look, with Macca, he's helping me do the engine on the V8 one, mainly because he's very, you know, look, aware of my time constraints. Like, at the moment, seriously, it would take me two weeks just to do ring gaps in that half hour, I'd probably get a day to do it. I'd be rushing it, probably fuck them anyway. But when it comes to doing stuff which requires like, you know, like concentration or you need to actually make sure that things are done to precision, I'm really not good at that. Whereas Mac is really awesome at that stuff. And as much as I've built heaps of motors over the years, you know, like already he found a couple of things which just weren't working as far as the valve springs and valves go, which he said, mate, you can't. And I would have just run them. You know, I'm none the wiser. He goes, mate, you can't do this. You're going to have problems. And, you know, like this is the thing. His expertise, like his worst motor would be better than my best motor, if you know what I mean. So it's been really awesome. He's helping out with that. And, you know, look, we actually had a couple of really tough months. Lucy's been really crook for quite a few months and is slowly and surely getting back on deck. So it just hasn't been the priority that sort of thing so i really appreciate him stepping up and helping me out with that to get that sorted so that'll be good yeah, very good yeah yeah so pretty much with that and i think the only other thing i kind of was going to tell you with the dingo i remember dingo yeah Pete? yep i think i told you he bought an austin 7 like this is a guy who went from holden v8s and turbo rotor he's just decided that he wanted to buy a vintage car and he bought this austin 7 he's since bought a model t roadster as in like not a hot rod like as in a vintage car right it's an older resto. He paid, I think, about twelve grand for this thing, which is fucking cheap, and it's like in really good condition. And 
I've, I know I've glossed over this before, but it's got a lot to do with, I think, the fact that anyone who's really into vintage cars are either, and no disrespect to anyone, they're kind of either they've died or they're going to die pretty soon. Like, the market's just not there anymore for that stuff. You know, just like in 20 or 30 years' time, people probably aren't going to give a shit about, you know, like HQ Holdens and stuff like we do now. Like, it's that whole cycle of life. So Pete buys his Model T for, like, 12 grand. He's doing a few little bits and pieces to it mechanically, but not much, just mainly getting on top of stuff. But he's fully doing the – imagine someone in the 20s buying one, like a young bloke. He's taking the windscreen off, no no roof on it anymore. He's going to lose the guards. He's doing it, like, to take to rattle trap, you know, that beach yep. that they do. Um, is it Crowdy Head? Something head. Rings a bell. Anyway, Yeah. So he's building it to do that. So still got the original engine and stuff. I mean, he just loves this thing, and it's so fucking cool. So he's doing that, and he also bought himself one of those Z50s, like a 76 model Z50, which he's building. So I'm kind of living out my car building life through him and Macca too a bit at the moment. So, yeah, that's actually, pretty cool. Actually, you spoke on that subject on Thong Slapper's inaugural podcast, remember, our first one? You spoke on the T model and the vintage cars. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah you did. I've got a shit memory. So anyone else is probably going, oh, you've already fucking spoken about it. No, that. I didn't mean that. I mean, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> no, true, come on, I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking sober. Give me a break. This is shit. <laughs> well, it still rings true now, yeah, I think. It is. So, yeah. You know, in the first podcast, Gary Johnston, a good old mate Gary Johnston from Mackay, he's a fucking top bloke. He reminded me, he goes... Remember on the first episode of the Thong Slappers, you were telling us about this this Tonka camper van, like a yep. uh, Winnebago I remember, that yeah. you bought to, to clean up for your daughter? Went, yeah, he goes, have you even built that? I'm like, no. And that was like four years ago. That's my, I said granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to have to do that as well. Everybody fucking reminds you of shit you forget to do. Oh, fucking smart clap buttons, but anyway. Yeah. So, look, apart from that, man, that's pretty much domestic bliss to me. The other one thing I actually have been enjoying is listening to other podcasts. It's so enjoyable listening to podcasts when you don't actually have to do any work to create <laughs> them in the first place. Like, but, you know, you know yourself and I know how much work there is that goes into actually putting together a podcast episode. And it's been very cool, actually. I have enjoyed – oh, should I use their stage names or their real names? Chris and Adrian, a.k.a. Moses and AO, are doing the Never Late podcast, which is kind of cool because they've picked up what I guess was the loose moot ball and run with it. And also a couple other ones is the Classic Pickup podcast. Uh, that's a fantastic podcast, like an Aussie podcast, and also Gutter to Gutter. I've been listening to those quite a fair bit, and I enjoy it because – as I said, we don't have to actually do any work to create it, but I just enjoy the subject matter because they're sort of talking about stuff that we talk about. I unfortunately don't listen to podcasts, but I've had a fair few people text me and say, hey, these guys that they never load at 308, they're doing pretty good. When um, somebody sent me a, a screen dump the other day that they're going to do the UC Magazine uh, review, kind of the same as we did, so I pissed take sent um, Moses to text, and you're going to do to the 59 foot next. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a piss take on the short story podcast that we do. No, but um, them guys are killing it from all accounts. You know, and it's actually good to sort of do Bible studies as well, like reading along with other people. So yeah. I've kind of been enjoying that. They call it, sorry, Sunday school. So yeah, yeah but same, same concept. So it's good. I've been enjoying that. And Michael Whips, who does classic pickup podcasts, like I know nothing about classic trucks, but I just really enjoy that podcast as well. It's a good one to listen to if you get the chance. So yeah, sweet. Keep on trucking, mate. Now, what domestic bliss have you got now that I've rambled on for fucking ever? Uh, a few months ago, I decided that I wanted to buy an adventure bike. You know, an adventure bike, the big uh, like yeah. K- KDM 1290 was what I looked at. They had a brand new one there at uh, Future Sport. G'day, Jared and all the guys there at Suzuki 
KDM Townsville. So fuck it. My idea was I want to do a, a video blog called Fat Mandu, like pronounced like Katmandu. And I'm going to, yeah, yeah. of course, I love cooking. So I'm going to put a bit of cooking gear on this adventure bike. I'm going to ride each day, pull up and do some cooking on the side of the road. Um, Benny Hewlett committed to coming along, doing a bit of filming, maybe a bit of content with us. So I go in there and I said, Jared, I need this bike. Got to have this bike. Righto, uh, righto, Redmond. Yeah. Um, Friday. I said, righto, beautiful. Paid him. Wednesday. So Thursday evening, he rings up and he goes, Redmond, I, I just can't have it done, buddy, until Monday. But I can give you a bike hoist and the bike if you want to put it together tomorrow on Friday. <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> you fuck. Get back to me when you're sober, Jared. But anyway, so... um. <laughs> He says, so then, right, I'll, I'll pick it up Monday. No, B, I'm not on. So he rings you back about 10 minutes later and goes, hey, I've actually got a Super Duke uh, here, which is the KDM 1290 adventure bike, but it's got road wheels on it, and it's a, it's a super bike. He goes, you can come and take this thing for the weekend. You're more than welcome just to use it as a, as a, as a loan bike just because I let you down with your bike. Excellent. Right, buddy, well, I'll, I'll shoot in Friday and I'll pick it up. So I pick up this $32,000 super bike, and, man, this thing is as sweet as a peach, like good pipes on it good tyres on it, and, man, I pin it. I double tunnel, like 200 k's an hour past Laverack Barracks, get it home. Saturday morning, I get up and just go and peel it, just paste it, like have a really good time. The bike was really smart, clever, excellent bike. Sunday, Sunday I wake up, and it's raining. Ah, oh, fuck. But, of course, the tropical rain's not too bad. It's not as if it's cold. So I jump on the bike, and I, I take it out for another couple of hours, and same thing, just so well-mannered, so fast, just brilliant bike. That's why it's called a super bike. So, yeah. so I kind of tossed up in my mind. He said, look, if you, if you want that bike, just give me the extra eight grand and you can have it instead of your adventure bike. So, uh, fuck no. In the end of the day, I thought I'll, I will get the adventure bike because I want Nobby. So Monday morning as I'm taking the, the super bike back, I decide to fuel the fucking thing up. So fuel it up. Get back yeah. there. Get back there. Here you go, Jared. Here's your bike. I fueled it up. And he goes, man, it's got to be the only time in the history of bike shops that somebody's returned a loan bike full of fuel. But yeah, good on you. So... <laughs> When I'd left my place that morning, I'd put my uh, gear sack on. Or, uh, sorry, I'd put my backpack on because when I picked my bike up, I wanted to go for a ride. So I'd get my bike, the brand new 1290, adventure bike, KDM, bike always wanted, beautiful. 25 kilometers later, written off, I'm in the gutter, fucked up. Fuck, what was the go with that? Out past the dump, past my place, there's a uh, granite road, like a dirt road that goes uh, up into the mountain. So I thought, oh, I'll go and pace this thing to my bike. So even to start the thing, it's got a big screen. You've got to go through a bit of a process to start it. It's, it's not like a, anything I've ever had before. So turn the ABS off, turn everything off. And so I leave the bike shop, roll through town. I get up to Granite Vale Road. I'm like, right, so tighten up my backpack, tighten up my helmet, glove check, check everything, right? And I say, fuck this. So I'm on it. And so I get up through a few gears and I'm power sliding at second, third gear. And then, boom, I'm on the ground. I didn't know what the fuck happened, what actually happened. Yeah. Come around a pretty tight corner, a little wiener. There was a little scrubber, like a little cow. Just yeah, yeah. absolutely took my front wheel away from me. And people get a bit excited when they say, oh, I went left, I went right, I tried this. When it happens like that, it's just, boom, you're on the ground. So it kicked me over the cow. The bike turned right. And as I got slapped onto the ground the first time, I just see the bike exploding and cartwheeling beside me. It went front wheel, back wheel, front wheel, back wheel, like in a, in a what would be, I suppose, a um, cartwheel. And there's yeah, just yeah. shit falling. So... It didn't knock me out, but I fucking didn't do me any favors. So I've crawled over into the gutter sort of thing, and I didn't know there was a guy in a, uh, a tractor. So he's come running across. And I'm like, fuck, man. I winded and just fucking almost knocked out. And he goes, holy fuck, are you right, mate? And I honestly, I said to him, I said to him, I threw my visor. Didn't hurt. 
So he's wanting to call an ambulance. I'm like, nah, I'll be right. I'll just ring my brother. So I rang my brother and said, can you, okay, Titan, can you bring a ute out? He's like, right, I said, I'm kind of all right. I'd, I'd come, had a bit of a drink out of my camelback, put the bike on the on the uh, the ute, go back yeah. to the bike shop. So I've been gone by this stage about an hour. <laughs> Pull up at the bike shop, still, still got my knee guards on, still got my boots and everything, and I just kind of walk in and my backpack's ripped. Jared looks out. We didn't even stand the bike up in the ute. It was that fuck. We just threw it in the back of the ute. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. like, for fuck's sake. So the super bike, the excellent thing, I never put a scratch on it. My bike, 25 k's later, it was fucked. So when you say written off, you're like genuinely, it's, you're not exaggerating. It's actually fucked. Like yeah. You, you they they paid the insurance uh, five days. A uh, uh, massive, massive thank you to my bike insurance. They were just so awesome to deal with. Yeah, I bent the headset. And, man, I, it was the biggest crash I've had on a road bike. Uh, it just, <laughs> yeah, so writ, written off. So I went, oh, well, fuck it. Jared, like, do you want another one? I'm like, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and worst thing is my Lyo 5, it's had its own struggles as well. So six months ago, a bit before this, we're having a party here at my place. My nephew Callum was here and we're drinking and we're, someone, one of the girls suggested, oh, you should do a burnout. And I couldn't get the, uh, <laughs> uh, I couldn't find the keys of the VK. So I get Callum's Corolla, which is like, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street, what he does to the Lamborghini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Callum's Corolla looks like. So I got in it, ripped the handbrake up, done a massive burnout, not knowing the handbrake didn't work. And I fucking smashed straight into the front of my Commodore. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, fucking hell. I was disappointed. So I just pushed it back in the shed and it's just sitting there with two flat tires. So. And a oh, smashed in group. And on the other domestic bliss, the good side of it. Yeah. I, I bought an RMZ 450 uh, 12 months ago, that motocross yeah, bike. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah, actually, how's that going? It was good. I was lucky enough to get it. Lucky enough to get an article in um, ADB. I wrote a bit of a review on it. So they, they printed that last month, I think. So I decided to sell it. So last week I sold it. Actually, this weekend I sold it. I sold it on Saturday. It is the first machine in my possession ever to leave my care in one going bit. Didn't go to the wreckers, didn't go to the insurance company, didn't leave on a tilt tray, didn't leave in milk crates. <laughs> I'm so fucking adult these days, eh? I was like, woohoo! You've changed, Adam. You've changed so much. Oh, the kid that picked it up, man, I is about 17, about 60 kilos, never had a bike. This thing's a, yeah. a ball tearing 450 motocross bike, fuel injected. Like, it's it's a lot of bike. And he gets on out the front, he goes, oh, I haven't got a manual license. I Man, he did not even know how to use a manual transmission. Is it a manual car? Yeah, and so it's the wrong bike for him. And he's mm. been a bit of a shit, shit cat, a shit cluck cluck to his dad. And his dad's like, mate, I don't think it's the right bike. And he goes, well, I'm getting it. And I thought, oh, well, fuck you, you then. Yeah, I yeah. thought, fuck you, I'll let you take it. And I'm like, oh, I said to his dad, no, nah, it's all right. He'll, he'll, he'll grow into it. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> he's going to fucking ring bark himself on it's about what's going to happen. So that's, uh, more or less what's happened for me in domestic bliss. I've got a lot of work to do. I've, How do you go about getting VK stuff these days, like the front stuff? There's Will there a, be a, a clap-clap or it'll be no, a No, it's good. There's a guy. Gee, I wish I could remember his name and he'd be listening. Repley Glass. Repley Glass. Oh, yeah. he, sold yeah. the, he sold me the uh, HDT scoop for my VE. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, down here in Brizzy. Yeah. Some fucking cocksucker stole my Lio 5 plates because I transferred them and put them onto my VE because of uh, – it's a it's a replica HDT as well. And how's this for insult? The fucking wankers that stole them screwed the screws back in. Unscrewed the screws, stole another place and screwed the screws back in. Oh, man. Were, were they the really old style ones with the Queensland, like the Mapper Queensland? Not yep. the Mapper Tassie, the Mapper <laughs> Queensland on them? Yep, that was them. Were they the really early girls? Yep, I've, ha- I've had them for a long, long time. And um, ah. I, I can, it's easy enough because you own them in Queensland. I just got to jump onto the website and, and, and get the new ones. But Yeah, yeah. That's about... So, it's uh, a pain in the ass. 
that's ah. so fucking typical at the moment, isn't it? Just been Townsville. Yeah, I've been broke, broken into twice, man. They got my put. I was coming back from a run about five o'clock in the morning, dark as shit. And as I come down the street, I see someone like a kid pushing my push bike down my driveway. I've oh. just run five k's. I tried to run him down. He's like about forty-five kilos, and he could have ran backwards faster than I can run by that time. Yeah, yeah. I got my bike back though. He just dropped it and ran, and then I got broken into again. It's getting old, but anyway. Yeah, that's not the go at all. No, at all. No. <laughs> hey, um, if you're doing any YouTube stuff, make sure you get on and check out. Oh, I just want to sort of give these guys a bit of a uh, bit of a plug in case you haven't checked it out already. Is of course Tom Stokes and Zachary Todd. You know, from obviously our early days of thong slappers, they do a fucking great show called Backyard Builds. Have you seen that on YouTube at all? I'm aware of it, but yeah, I I don't do much on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. But I I definitely do know who they are and I definitely know what it is, but I don't really follow it, unfortunately. Oh, this is the main reason I suggest that is especially if you're trying to get motivated to do your VK. I watch the stuff they do and actually, I know I'm very time poor, but it gets me motivated. I see them do an episode where they're welding something or doing something and it just makes me want to get cracking on the EH as well. So it might be a good motivator for you. Because the VK is a standard car for all intended, like standard suspension geometry, standard everything, there's not much in it. Like I I told the story and I actually done an article on Street Machine. I built it in two days. I bought it as a roller and I got it going in two days. It's not so much the, the, the motivation as far as mechanically doing it. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with it. I'll probably put a clip on it and sell it and, and, and just move on to something else. I don't have any okay. attachment at all to, to yeah, yeah. Any, of that, any of that sort of stuff. I'll probably just put something on it and, and uh, bail it. Yeah, no, fair enough. That and um, in my limited spare time. Low Standards, another fucking great YouTube show with uh, Gus and Jay Duca doing cool stuff in Adelaide. Definitely check that out as well. Fuck, they do some funny shit. So um, it's very entertaining. <laughs> but, yeah, that's enough YouTube. See, I'm too retarded to ever do my own YouTube. So, And that's why we never did YouTube either. You nah. Know? Nah, it's scary. I'm thinking about if I get another adventure bike, I definitely want to do that fat man do, like do some filming, do some rides around North Queensland, do some bits and pieces and just cook cook something at the end of uh that, that's something that i reckon I, I, i'd be a goer the the drag challenge when you when you look at what them guys do be excellent to take a little a little van and cook some food for them they just eat pizza and barbecue and crap like that'd be nice to do some beef wellington or you know some nice some um, volivance or you know some pheasant soup or something for them at the end of the day oh look i think that's a great concept that show you're talking about i think and you'd be really good on video and stuff like that as well you know like that's not from some bed mounted bloody um, <laughs> GoPro. All those things. GoPro. GoPro. Actually, no, I'm going to watch that. I forgot. I'm, I'm going to get out and watch some of that tonight. Man, I'm not getting any. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, uh, I was thinking too, if you're ready, do you want to crack on with some 981? This is a bit of a prelude to actually doing this magazine review. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the reason for 1981, of course, corresponds with the new Street Machine out. It's the 40th anniversary of Street Machine. So. Grab yourself some salt and vinegar chips, a sunny boy, maybe a chicka roll, scoop up your beanbag, run across the lino into the lounge room. Hey, uh, quick thing with chico rolls, a bit of a sidebar. Jamie, a guy at my work, he said to me the trick would, if you go and buy a chico roll from the local whatever, you know, shop, he said, get them to cut it in half before you get it deep fried. And he goes, they taste so much better. I think it's just the whole proportion thing. It kind of makes sense. I'll have to try it. There's a, a gentleman called Simon Telford, and he is probably as much of a fan as the bakery as I am. The other night, I sent him an uh, email saying that I have seen a sausage roll put into, penetrated into a cream bun. How's that for decadent? 
I'm actually just trying to process that at the moment. I know. Indulgent. What a weird. Yeah. I've seen like deep fried ham and cheese toasted sandwiches. So you literally get a ham and cheese sandwich and deep fry it. They fucking taste great. I'm just trying to think of like, isn't that a bit too, is that just so you can eat dinner and dessert in one go? Like how does that work? I don't know. I'd say you'd be fairly well lubed inside. But yeah, deep fried fucking, you can eat a deep fried G-Shock watch if you've done it properly. (laughs) Deep frying it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Hey, um, just to wet your whistle for 1981, I'm going to run through some events that happened of that year. So just to get you, you know, all primed up, ready to go. So... But in at any stage, if you've got any commentary on this stuff, otherwise I'm going to machine gun it out to you. Yes, I tell all the girls. <laughs> okay, so in 1981, Charles and Diana got married. The first DeLorean was built, as in, we all know them for Back to the Future, of course. Yep. Both President Ronald Reagan and Pope John the Paul John had Paul. assassination attempts done. MTV was launched, as in, you know, the MTV channel. Yep. Um, Britney Spears was born. Wow. So in 1981, were you a Britney Spears man at all, ever? Yes. Well, really. Yes. Oh, you were. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That film yeah. clip of the red jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I was always more of a Christina Aguilera, because they were kind of head to head at those times. But look, either either. I put, know, I put them to, in my dirty little mind. I put them together. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. I could see. Why. <laughs> uh, Sydney Tower opened. Funnily S- enough, it's in Sydney. The Centrepoint the Tower. Yes, the Townsville International Airport actually opened as well, but close to home for you. Yeah. And the big one is. Crack cocaine was first used <laughs> or reported to be used in the US. And two very important things. The fourth millionth, I can't even say it, fourth millionth Holden rolled off the assembly line. And I got my Madison Type and BMX in 1981. Wow. That sounds pretty good. Well, yeah. you know you know the link between DeLorean and crack cocaine, don't you? No. <laughs> well, the, the, the owner or the founder of DeLorean got oh, a... Of course. Yeah, he got a really big drug charge. He got... He was involved with the Colombians, with the Colombian ah. marching powder. Uh, recently, uh, this week, a piece of Charles and Diana's wedding cake sold for about three and a half thousand pound. Oh, really? Yeah. Imagine eating it. Mm. Gross, wouldn't it? No. Well, uh, we've we've got a uh, the Fong Slappers, of course, have got an English correspondent, uh, Rich Wright, really good guy, who's. Uh, since we've kind of stood Thong Slappers down a bit, I've still been in contact with Rich, and we've decided to be pen friends. So. Even yeah, though it's cool. email, but what we are going to do, we, we decided we're going to actually write each other letters as well as email. But um, really nice guy, Rich, and he, he's right into the Australian. I've got, I'm, I'm sending him some uh, Banjo Patterson, Henry Lawson, and some car stuff, and he's really passionate uh, about his Australian culture. But it's good because I'm pretty passionate about uh, English culture. So yeah, we've been back and forward there a bit. Dick Johnson, you may have heard of him. He won Bathurst in 1981. Of course, the year after the Rock, wasn't it? Yep. So um, the only ever reigning Formula One champion competed at Bathurst in 81, Alan Jones. It's never been done yeah. since or before. Yeah, um, yeah. Mr. Motocross was a very, very big thing in Australian motocross scene during the uh, late 70s and I'd say halfway through the 80s. So yeah. S- Stephen Gore won the 250 title in 81. You would have heard of Stephen Gore. Well, I have heard of him, yeah. World's fastest vegetarian. Uh, and Jeff Lees won the yeah. 125 championship. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Lees, Leesky. Uh Oh, Yeah, You walk into the Holden showroom in 81, you've got a VC Commodore and a WB Ute, you've got a WB oh. Statesman, a wagon, a panel van, a one-tonner, a Gemini, a 253, a 202. Yeah, Ford had the 302 XD, a 351. There's plenty of decent stuff. It's 81's the crossover year, isn't it, for uh, Kingswood Commodore? Oh, maybe that's 19. Sorry. 
I think, yeah, WB, you could get the Kingswood Ute. But as far as HZ to Commodore, that was the last HZ was built in 1980. Oh, last right. HZ. Yep. I used to service one years ago. A bike had, it was a second month, 1980 HZ sedan, which I always thought was weird because it was so new. But, well, you know, compared to normal. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure any of the Holden buffs will confirm or deny that for us. We're just making it up anyway. Um, yeah. Sorry, but it was a crossover year for Chrysler Mitsubishi. Like, if you bought a 81 model CM Valiant, it actually had a Mitsubishi compliance plate on it. Again, yeah. someone who knows more about that than me will probably confirm and deny for that. Yeah. Um, of course, we've got a captain of Datsuns out there, uh, Dada Mouse, a friend of the <laughs> Thong Slappers. He's going to love what I'll tell you next. The Z1000 was the bike back in 81. Kickstart. He's got one still today. He put a chrome guard on it yesterday. Loving it. Um, That's so cool. The Katana 1100, uh, of course, the most futuristic looking bike ever from 1981. Still a hot looking bike today. It was one of the, it was Suzuki's road bike. You get uh, the XR500 RE Pro Link. It, it came out, a groundbreaking uh, bike. There was an ad on the television, which I haven't been able to find on YouTube, but it's uh, set in the army. So, you know, this got, one of the soldiers has got to ride this XR500 and he jumps a tank and does all this stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really, I haven't been able to find it. Also, and a lot of people are going to have uh, some old x-ray stories, the PE400. Oh, that was, okay. Uh, that, that was, I've heard uh, of them. Never ridden one or done anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you, you, you definitely don't want to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so just quickly, you're talking about old ads. I find that – do you ever start to second question whether those ads really happened? Like when I was a kid, I am sure that I remember an ad for the Subaru Brumby and it had a guy and he's hacking the roof off his Subaru wagon to turn into a ute. <laughs> and then they drive past in a Brumby like, mate, you don't need to do that shit anymore. And he's like looking at them all. And I, I, I talked to everyone about that ad and no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. So I don't know if I'm just dreaming or what. But do you remember that ad? I, I, I don't remember that ad, but I remember yeah, – was- I was still living in uh, in Dunedoo in 81, and me and my friends from school, we really fell for the Subaru Brumby. We fell for the Suzuki four-wheel drive, you know, the little before the Sierras even, you know, the yeah, old yeah. two-straight ones. Really, yeah. loved, that was our first kind of, you know, bush cars. We loved them sort of things. Malfunction Fraser, Mal Fraser, Malcolm <laughs> Fraser was obviously the, the Prime Minister. Yeah. Uh, we've spoken about how he come to power with the, uh, when uh, Gough Whitlam got uh, stood down in 75, got sacked. Oh, of course, Kerr's Kerr, yeah. That's it, that's the act of bastardry. You know, uh, what have, and of course I'm going to have to edit this, what have Brittany Higgins and Gough Whitlam got in common? They both got fucked in the upper house of parliament. <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, some books from 1981. So the reason I brought this up is uh, in my mum's house, in a, where we grew up, she had this really great book. Do you remember Peter Luck? Oh, he is had, he like on? Yeah, uh, I can picture him, kind of dark hair. Was yeah. he like on Today Tonight or something like that? I remember no. he was a journalist. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had his own his own program called um, This Fabulous Century, and it's actually 1980. But I'm just going to step it forward. I'm going to step it up 12 months. A uh, really great book, and it's got an excellent binder. And I always used to sit there in my mum's house and, and just really love this book the whole time. I was shopping at a second-hand shop the other day and a, a copy of it came up and it was my, my favourite person in the world's 50th a little while ago, my darling sister Elizabeth. It was her, her 50th, so I bought her this book and it's just one of those real touch yeah. points and it's, I love it, mate. I can still, I can still read it today and I could probably just, you could pick a topic and I could find the correct page for it. Um, another book that came out, uh, in 1981, which is, just awesome. It's called A Fortunate Life by uh, A.B. Facey. Facey. Yeah. yeah. Mate, yep. 
you should be if you, if that's on a podcast or if that's on a uh, audio book or something. I really encourage people to to have a listen to that. It's just brilliant. This guy was born in eighteen ninety four. He went to Gallipoli, and it's just a very basic story of um, an Australian Australian guy sort of thing. Yeah, my grandparents they gave me that book in the early eighties. I remember clearly. I think I've still got it here somewhere. Yeah, it's just wow, brilliant. Actually, one thing I meant to mention about Peter Luck. He had a 350 Chev converted uh, Range Rover, and the reason, oh, good on him. yeah, the reason I know that is I uh, I worked at the four wheel drive service center at Tarrant Point, Cronulla, and he bought it in, and I, I wanted to get the book that Mum had at home and get him to sign it, but I was but I was clever enough to get my ass sacked before he <laughs> come back. So yeah, but it's really. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what do you reckon his nickname was at school? Peter Luck. <laughs> Fucky. <laughs> Peter fucking Sorry. lucky. Uh, takeaway in 1981. We're talking, you know, takeaway food. It was uh, hamburgers, pies, and bakery, basically. You know, that was back in the days where immigrants cooked fish and chips and drove Valiants. These days, they cook meth and drive Lamborghinis. So I don't know the fuck how we fucked True. that up. KFC and Macca's, it was around, but it definitely wasn't definitely wasn't as popular. And a service station. You go to a service station or a petrol station, as we used to call them, you could get a set of points, you know, or maybe a coil. These days, you can get... Four litres of Gatorade and a fucking pie face, whatever the fuck that is, I don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of takeaway, do you remember that TV show called Sweet and Sour with the band was called The Takeaways? Don't it was on t- Channel 2. No. I can't remember if it was – it might have been after 81, I think, maybe 82 or 83. Anyway, it's a really good show. should look it up on YouTube. One so, of the popular songs, I think it only made its number two in Australia, was uh, Hold On Tight by Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was yeah. Jeff Jeff Lynn. He'd later uh, go on to become a travelling wheelbarrow with uh, Bob Dylan, uh, of course. Roy George. Yeah. Uh, ACDC released their album uh, for those about to rock, and that's the single. Yeah, the single, of course, was the same name. Uh, one of the songs on the album is called "Inject the Venom." Obviously, it's a rooting mm-hmm. song. I can't believe thirty five years later they released a song called "Shot in the Dark." It's a bonking song as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The year Britney Spears was born, 1981, Metallica were formed, so they, they formed in 81. Uh, you 2 your favourite band, they released the October album. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Uh, here's, 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 here's a little interesting. <laughs> don't cry, Bono, don't cry. He doesn't mean it. Don't worry about the mean boy. Cat <laughs> <laughs> Stevens, uh, his album, The First Cut is the Deepest. I was listening to Alice Cooper, as we do on Night Shift at Work a lot. Do you know what that actually means, The First Cut is the Deepest? Uh, I'm thinking of a song called First Cut is the Deepest, but I don't really. It's going to be one of those things where, yeah, you ask me, Chris, I've got no fucking idea. Rod, Rod, Stu- Rod Stewart covered. But Alice Cooper saying that when they used to record on vinyl, the first oh. yeah, the first song on the vinyl would be their, their best song, like their Front foot yeah, forward, yeah. you know. And so that's yeah. where that doesn't actually mean your first love was the, the deepest. It actually means the first cut on the album, because you cut the song on the vinyl, is the deepest. That's the best song. So that's pretty interesting. Um, one thing that we've got to cover from 1981. Have you, have you got any else in 81, or am I going to just, I've still got half a page. Oh man, I've got shit left. Right, you'll go. Unfortunately for you and all the people listening out there. Right, before um, before I do fashion, we'll let you songs. We'll let you jump in. Okay, music. You can yay or nay them as you go. Betty Davis eyes, Kim Khan. Yes. Jesse's girl, Rick Springfield. Yes. Who the fuck hasn't like air guitar that blind, like fucking blinder than Welder's dog? <laughs> That's uh Jesse's girl. Jesse's girl. It's a great song. Fucking great song. 
I think he was Australian, Rick Springfield. I seem to have this thing that maybe he was Australian. Um, Tide is High by Blondie. Fucking great song. I love Blondie. Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. I know you're a fan. Yeah. I think she's pretty cool. She's our girl. <laughs> Bucks Fizz, Making Your Mind Up. You remember <laughs> Bucks Fizz? What was their other song? Um, oh, yeah, I remember Bucks Fizz for uh, sure. Yeah, oh, Jesus, Bucks Fizz. I'm trying to think. Of, I know they did have another oh, song. They, they, had, a, they had a rooting song. through the Eurovision. They had a rooting song, Buck Fizz. <laughs> that was Fuck Fizz. <laughs> Wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the Mentals, If You Leave Me, Can I Come Too, which is a fucking great lyric or a great play on words and a good name for a song. The Church with The Unguarded Moment, which is a great song. That's now, this is actually Australia's number one song for 1981. It's a fucking great song too. Counting the Beat by the Swingers. Later to be used in Kmart uh, television commercials. That is a good song. You may remember that song? Yeah. Counting the Beat? Yeah. Oh, you know One, yeah, cool. two, three, four, five. And music. Adam and the Ants. Great song. Definitely. Bad, bad dresser. <laughs> uh, bad dresser. Uh, who can now by Men at Work? Yes. I'm going to allow that one. Um, in the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. No, no, Kids no. In America by Keith. I've got to stop you on Phil Collins. I've got to stop you. What? 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 No. We, man, I'm the only one in the workshop that hates fucking Phil Collins. Did I send you that photo? I got a, I printed out a photo of Phil Collins and put it on the back of the toilet wall at work. So whenever you're doing a piss, he's cock watching. <laughs> the thing with that, can you feel it coming in the air tonight? That alleged drum solo is a fucking synthesizer. Listen, have a listen oh, to really? it. Oh, yeah, really? Have a listen. There's no, no yeah, fucking bet. drumming in at all. I bet you sing that to all the girls. Can you feel it coming there? Tonight? All right. Uh, State of the Heart and Cool World. Two songs by Mondo Rock. I fucking yeah. love Mondo yeah. Rock. Yeah. Great. Right. Ross Wilson, of course, being of Daddy Cool fame beforehand. Great artist. Love his stuff. Errol by Australian Crawl. And History Never Repeats by Split End. So some great Aussie music coming out in 1981. Well, that's all good music. Better than my it fucking is. Canadian fucking folk music. <laughs> 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 That's right. Now, television-wise, on our sets, we were watching The Fall Guy with Lee Majors. Remember that show, oh, The Fall Guy? Fuck, a stunt man? Uh, fucking uh, great. I'm not one to kiss and tell, but I've been seeing with Farrah. <laughs> That's it. And yeah. the, the blonde on that show was an actress by the name of Heather Thomas, who I used to get the full-on, like, stiffy pants of my stubbies over back when I was eight. I fucking loved Heather Thomas and still do. She's still hot now. She's like 75, but she's still hot. <laughs> the Greatest American Hero with William Catt. Ralph Hinckley. Leave it on that. Yep. You know, that's, that show, that's a great show. As well. uh, and it had the other actor who used to kind of play his handler in that show. Fucking mental bloke. I don't know who it is, but he's he was actually like a famous actor from the 50s. Robert Culp? Robert Culp. Him. He was a famous actor from the 50s and 60s who was in that show. Hill Street Blues was another one. And I guess you can probably picture all the theme tunes to these shows were really kind of strong, like good theme tunes, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Wide World of Sports premiered in Australian TV. So did The Wheel of Fortune with Ernie Sickley and Adriana Exenides. And this is your favourite, A Country Practice debuted in 1981 on a strange show. I love, I, love, I love Country Practice, man. I, I don't watch any of that fucking home and away neighbour shit, whatever. Country Practice, uh, fuck, man, you've got me. Right there. I fucking love that show, man. It was great. Just right age, right topic, right subject, just... Yep. Uh, I know why you watch this because Fats are the pig had great tits. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> movies. A couple of good movies came out in 1981. We had Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, with Harrison Ford. Yep. Uh, we had Arthur with Dudley Moore. Oh, that's the one cannibal, of my favourite songs, Drinking The Cannibal songs. Run. You know what? Arthur, that's almost like a movie about you. I know. Of. I know. It's, I mean, when I'm drinking, I like that. And um, 
Frank Sinatra, man. I can listen to Frank Sinatra and all that shit. No, that's a great movie, Arthur. It's a fucking excellent it is. movie. And it a is. Great song. I agree. Yep. Yeah, so The Cannibal Run, of course, with Burt Reynolds. That came out in 81, as well as Chariots of Fire and Stripes with Bill Murray. We also had, on the Aussie side of things, some fucking great movies. Gallipoli with uh, Mel Gibson. Puberty Blues. I, I love that movie, Puberty Blues. I actually find it really funny. It's a great movie. And I always remember reading an interview or listening to an interview with a chick who played the main girl in that show. The reason she got the role was she was the only girl they could find who could surf because at the end, closing scenes of that movie, she's actually surfing in front of all the guys. That's just a bit of a tidbit of information for you. And yeah. uh, we had Road Games, which is another great Aussie movie. But the one I want to talk about the most is Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Fuck yeah. One of my favourites. Fucking great film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say to you that I actually prefer Mad Max 2 to Mad Max. I'm down with that. Always yep. have. Yeah. Yep, always have. Fucking love it. I don't know if it's because of the Mac R series or what, but I fucking love that movie. <laughs> and a couple of things I've been thinking about since the whole thing with Mad Max 2. I reckon for probably... Now, I saw that at the drive-ins in 1981. My dad took me to see it. And I reckon... Probably for the next 20 years. You know Golden Youth, the character who used to ride around on the back of the motorbike with yep. Vernon Wells, who played Wes? Yep. I reckon I spent 20 years trying to work out if that was a girl or a guy. It actually turns out to be a guy, right? But you imagine being that actor whose name was Jerry O'Sullivan. Is that what first, you know, spiked your interest in the curiosity of, you know, androgyny, you know, like the sexual crossovers, you know? <laughs> no, it was just as a kid, it was kind of just weirded me out, I suppose, but. The other thing I've been thinking about... Is Peter Werrett? Peter Werrett. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I'm, what was the other Peter who did the music for Gallipoli? That's who I thought you were talking about. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. He done the music for uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Who was the director? Yeah, yeah. who, yeah, who was the director? Have you read that book, Picnic at Hanging Rock? No. Bro, no. it's erotic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, okay. Be careful. Are you sure it was about the right movie? Yeah. Um, the other thing was... Well, Mad Max 2, you know the Toadie, the character in Mad Max 2? It's the guy who wears that kind of like a leather cap with a Gallant fuel cap on the side or a Gallant <laughs> pillar badge on the side. He wears glasses. He catches the steel boomerang and it cuts yep. his fingers off. Yep. Matto 351. He fucking looks like – Matto 351 looks like him. Shit. Think about it. I've never seen him in the room together at the same time. I seriously reckon – that our mate Philip Brown, a.k.a. Maddo351, you put a fucking leather cap on him with a Gallant petrol cap on the side, you've got the toady for Mad Max 2. Man. Boom, boom. I he, reckon. He is a fucking good egg, old Maddo351, man. Oh, he is. He's yeah. a fucking good egg. He looked after when um <laughs> when I got dropped into the Lost Child section at the Summer Nats, he come and picked me up. Fucking had, um, <laughs> he had, uh, what do you call it, contraband, contraband beers. And so yeah. we're, we're drinking beers. And he goes, oh, he can, he had a, his boss had an altered there. And so everybody yeah. was sitting in the altered getting a photo taken. He goes, oh, Redmond, do you want to get your photo taken in the altered? So I get in it. And I'm just having a bit of a fuck around. I see Magneto fuel pump ignition, like three switches. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Brrr, the pumps pull in or whatever. His fucking boss goes, hey, whoa, whoa, fucking whoa. <laughs> inside the elite hall or something, inside the traders alley or whatever. I was going to fire the thing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a good kid. But, yeah, then Betty, he, uh, Maddo put a thing on. Oh, if uh, Betty Hill, it's in the... Uh, in the hall, we found his child. Can he come and collect him? <laughs> <laughs> Betty, come down, put a sun hat on me, sunscreen on me, took me away, give me a juice box. <laughs> <laughs> juice box. <laughs> hey, uh, 
Speaking of being a child, have you got anything for 81 as far as the vice versa goes? I have got a, a vice versa. Would you like me to fire away? Just let me... Uh, yeah, hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me. Hit Oh, sorry. And that, that doesn't mean anything else. Okay. The, the, oh, I've got the best fucking root and war, but I have to tell you when we when we turn off. Cause it's, it's, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a clue. I, we can't do it online. It's the missing load. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to hear about that, to be honest. You've got no fucking choice. <laughs> Okay, so it to me so I can act like I read it. <laughs> right, and vice versa. By the power vested in fiction, I'm going to apply it to 1981, but actually to 1973 to my birth name. My birth name obviously is Adam Lindsay Plankman, so it's Adam the First Man. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take the anatomy of man back to the very first man right. and, cha- and change it a little bit. As hot rodders, as, as car guys, as modifiers, there's not much. We, we, everything we see, we can improve, can't we? Oh, yeah, 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 I agree. Well, yeah. One, one thing I do like about the way that a human is constructed is your nose is 180 degrees from your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that can be definitely a benefit. Yeah, but I think your ass is too close to your nose no matter what. It's only like, what would we say, 60 centimetres away. I reckon right. that your asshole is too high up. Okay. I reckon mathematically the longest distance from your nose could be your ankle. And I've done the sums, your bowel, your, in- your intestine, if you undone it from your arsehole, from your sphincter, and you run your intestine down the inside of your leg, it'd reach your ankle, wouldn't it? Correct? Yes. So yes. if there was an arsehole in your, if, if your actual arsehole was in your ankle, it'd be further away from your nose. <laughs> and just imagine. you mean someone? Well, imagine if you're at, you're at a car show, you know, you've had the dagwood dog, you've had a couple of tinnies, whatever, you're like, geez, they've got a bit of a fucking pain in the guts. You could rock in thongs into the dunny and just do a shit in the urinal, just <laughs> straight up with your ankle. Just don't even have to take your fucking thongs off, man. Now, that is what I'm talking so, about. The poo ankle. So, what would be, would socks be like your undies normally? Well, you see, to do a poo these days, you have to take your pants off. That's quite fucking personal. And you have to sit on a toilet that everybody else sits on. You could have a Milo tin shaped shitter if you didn't have to actually sit on it. You could just. Uh, you've got to take your pants off anyway. So you've got to fucking take your, just undo your shoe. You could have a zip in the back of your fucking R and Williams. Unzip it and take a shit. And, and, um. So if you're, if, sorry, just quick. If you're wearing thongs, you're basically, your ass is hanging out. That's what you're saying. It's like I mean, nude. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just making well, who, who hasn't pulled their pants down at a fucking car show? <laughs> well, 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 I reckon the interesting thing would be like, you know, when you're with a girl for the first time, whatever, and she's got the exploratory finger, <laughs> if you know what I mean, the Roman finger, and you're like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. If your arsehole was down in your ankle, she couldn't reach it either. I guess that's probably a good point. Yeah. But then, but yeah. then, then I reckon instead of having breast surgery, <laughs> kinky chicks that have arm surgery, have their arms extended. You see a chick with really long arms. <laughs> You know, I actually think the bonus of this whole concept would be if you had diarrhea and you ran across someone you didn't like, you could do like some sort of Cobra Kai roundhouse and just spray them. Ooh, you know, do them. a big roundhouse kick or whatever you call it and just spray them in diarrhea from your from your foot. The other thing would be, see, so we're putting your bum hole as far away from your nose as we can mm. on your left ankle. I've, I've dedicated yeah. the left ankle. On yeah. your right ankle, I reckon you could put an ear, like an ear hole. On your right ankle. <laughs> right. So, so you can hear yourself fluff. No, no. So so just say you're laying in bed, right? And you're having a wank. Let's just say you're having a wank. You could just kick your foot out from under the doona and hold your ankle towards the hallway so you could hear if somebody's coming. When you you know, so your ear is right, it extends it under the doona bit. 
Because by the time the sound travels up past your cock and your hand to your ear that's on your head, it's too late. You're busted having a wank. Why don't you just shut your door? Oh, I guess he could. A fucking prune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's hey, um. Of, sorry, keep going. That's my uh, vice versa. Randy, what do you reckon? I think it's pretty good. And just sorry, just quickly speaking of disgusting stuff. When you talk of disgusting stuff, I automatically think of Sunny. Now, something mm. Sunny did the other day is quickly. You know how like dogs like to sort of mark their territory and this sort of thing. Coco, the, our other dog, the big mastiff, she's gone to Sonny's dinner bowl and she's just like scooping up whatever the dregs are. There was like fuck all in it. So he's walked up and you could tell he's really pissed off by this thing. So what Sonny decides to do to mark his bowl, lifts his leg and fills it full of piss. <laughs> his own dinner bowl. <laughs> what did he do? He's just with- standing at the window watching going, what the fuck is this dick doing? And he... He pissed and filled up his his dinner bowl with wee. He's probably like, oh, that'll show you. That'll keep the dog away from my dog bowl. What the fuck was that photo he sent me of the double deck of shit? Oh, yeah, that was ages ago. Yeah, that was him just, just creating, like, the Eiffel Tower or something. Who fucking knows? But I just – I thought of you when I was watching this. I've got to tell Adam about this. Like, I'm just – what goes through the dog's brain? Just well- – yeah, Marcus. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck this dog over by filling my own dog bowl full of piss. I can't believe I don't have a fucking dog. I don't have a goldfish. I don't have fuck all. I just live alone here. But babysat my fucking mate's dog the other day, and it came in and dropped hair all over the fucking place. So I kicked it out the back, and it ran up and barked the fuck at next door's dog. He just stood at the fence barking. Why the uh, fuck? The same mate has got goldfish, a dog, a fucking bird, uh, a rabbit. Uh, what the fuck? I said, why don't you build yourself a kennel down the back and go and get away from these fucking animals? What sort of guy brings all these fucking animals into their house? What's wrong with a civilised fucking person, for fuck's sake? Why doesn't he just get, like, a hydroponic kit or a fucking homebrew kit or something, you know, if you want another hobby? So, uh, my vice versus all makes sense and all, all straight, pretty straightforward, I think, by the wank ankle and the ass and the ankle ass. Simon, have you got a vice versa for us, sir? I'm sorry, just quickly still, I just can't get past what you were suggesting. I guess if you had an itchy ass, you could just rub your ankle against, like, the carpet or the wall, couldn't you? Well, I've done that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, sorry, back on track. Vice versus for me. Back to 1981, the default setting is I'd buy Yumbos. Now, as you will know, the Yumbos were recently re-released. Probably about, I don't know, was it April or something this year? They re-released the Yumbo to celebrate... 40 or 50 years in Australia of Hungry Jacks. And as you can imagine, I fucking partake deeply in that. Mm-hmm. I was having probably three to four every time I went to Hungry Jacks. I'd get three to four in one sitting. But i got to tell you, fuck, they needed to learn how to cook the things. So the first one I bought was actually through the drive through and it came out, the bun was cold. Now, look, Hungry Jacks food's always fucking cold, so I probably shouldn't have been surprised in the slightest anyway. Like, you get fresh chips and they're cold as fuck. I think they're too scared of actually cooking their food because they're worried that someone's going to sue them for burning their mouths. But that's beside the point. Anyway, so get the first Yumbo. I open it up. It's got cold ham on it and it's got a cold piece of cheese. So it's like basically a, a ham and cheese sandwich. So I hopped out of the car. I went into the and said to the 17-year-old behind the counter, I said, listen, mate, this is the thing you need to know about Yumbos. If you're going to cook and serve a fucking Yumbo, the cheese needs to be like molten lava. So can you go put it back in the microwave and cook it? Then when you think it's cooked enough, cook it again. <laughs> so by the end of the whole Yumbo, the special, I think it went for maybe two or three months. Besides the fact I ate dozens of the fucking things, so I know it's going to be another 40 years before I get to. (laughs) 
I actually was at the point where I'd rock up to the drive-thru or rock up to the counter and I had this spiel of what they need to do. <laughs> Put it in the microwave, upside down, cook it hot, then cook it again. I want this thing to be to the point where the paper is stuck to the to the thing. So that's what I'd do. Back to 81, get a real yumbo without having to go through the bullshit of teaching people how to actually cook them. Then on top of that, now you, my friend, will be very familiar with an international trans star truck, won't you? Absolutely, yep. Right. In 1981, when I was a kid, there was a bloke in Brisbane by the name of Doug Breyer who owned the toughest international trans star Australia has ever seen. It was called the Detroit Devil because it had obviously a Detroit donk in it. It was black. It had white and red kind of like slash graphics on the sides. The spider hubs are chromed, red and chrome, the whole thing. I'll post some photos. I'll send you some photos of this thing. I know I would have put it on our Thong Slappers Instagram at the Thong Slappers many moons ago, but I would actually go back and buy that truck or somehow go and buy that truck back to 981. It was just so fucking tough. And his brother, Kevin, actually had one that was the similar thing, but it was actually blue instead of the red. But these things had bubble windows on their (laughs) sleeper cabs. They had all the gear. Like, they were super tough-looking trucks, like real high-end trucks for their day, like basically show-quality things. So go back and get those. But to, of course, make that actually happen, I would do probably – do you remember in Back to the Future, Biff Tannen? He gets that sporting almanac. I think it might have been Back to the Future too. I think what I would actually do is go back to 981 and I'd take pretty much the equivalent of all that for all the gold lotto results and sporting results and all this sort of stuff. So for the next – for the past four years, I could have just been, you know, I say earning in inverted commas, <laughs> making money by just winning money gambling pretty much on sure things so I could actually afford to buy something like an international trans star. So how – I've never said that in all the history of the Thong Slappers episodes, how I never actually suggested or thought – go and do that is still a little bit beyond me but that's definitely what i'd be doing i'd do the biff tannin go back with all the results and win as much as i can from 1981 to 2021 money wise just to set me up but interestingly i'm going to quickly say about doug bry's international trans star probably about 20 years ago i actually saw a white international trans star towing a, a um like a tipper trailer it had the same kind of sleeper cab it had the same bubble windows on the sleeper box itself and I thought, man, it just looks like a white version of the Detroit Devil, right? And then I saw the name, the surname was written. You know those stick-on letters you get yep. from Bunnings that you put on your letterbox for the house numbers, like the gold yep. with the black? It had the surname Briar on it. I thought, fuck, this has got to be it. Or it's got to be something to do with it. And anyway, so I started chatting to the driver. It was actually, it was actually Kevin, the brother, right? And I said, oh, man, I thought this was the old Detroit Devil. He goes, oh, it is. He goes, I got it off my brother years ago, and it was painted white because eventually, of course, all the black paint and stuff. So it was still alive 20 years ago. So I don't know if it still is now. But that was a fucking tough truck, and, man, I was just losing my mind over that thing. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I would do. The other thing I'd go back and do in 981 is, do you remember, like, really good ice blocks and ice creams, like Flash Gordons and stuff like that? Bubble Air Bill. Bubble Bill, which you can still get. Sunny Boy. Go back and indulge, yeah, I'd go back and indulge in in ice creams that you can no longer buy, like the Flash Gordons. I used to love spearmint chalk wedges. You know, like your normal yep. chalk wedge, as in the ice cream, not the not the activity. <laughs> like chalk wedges, you Fuck. get them in spearmint flavour. Fuck, they were good. And also, I can't remember the name. I think they were called Twin Sticks. They were like a vanilla ice cream with a chocolate coating, but they actually had two two sticks like two wooden paddle pop sticks in it 
Do you know what I mean? Do you remember? Yeah. That? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, and you can like snap yeah. in half and eat them as single ones. Yeah, those things. What? Twin sticks, I think. For some reason, I'm thinking twin sticks. I don't know. I do remember them, yeah. I, yeah, those things. They were fucking awesome. So that's pretty much my 1981 vice versa wrapped up. That's pretty good. They were like the uh, the, the uh, twin exhaust of the ice confection world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the quad box. Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had forgotten about. Hey, did you have you seen that guy on YouTube's put the uh, the big like the seven? What's the seven six seven aeroplane landing on the Jake breaks? Oh, that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is. They played it at work the other day. It was fucking cracking me up. Yeah, it's really clever, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, definitely check that out while you're YouTubing people. That was just that's just fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's a great that's a great dub, isn't it? It's spot on. I sound like I know what I was talking about. Yeah, it's a great dub. That's yeah. a great dub. Check it out, Molly Meldrum here. <laughs> so, hey, you got anything else you want to wrap up nine ninety one with? Fashion. You haven't called. I, I accuse you. I don't accuse. Sorry, I am quite correct in saying that you panel there guys don't use the word retro. You just it's normal. It's yeah. you, you don't have to like you don't have to say oh it's got a retro interior it's got retro wheels it's just no that's normal whatever you guys are doing is modern we're not retro you're modern so <laughs> how about um, fashion so you and I and every other little fucking shank ripper around the suburbs would have had a flannel on gym yes. gym boots you know yep. it, you know we even uh, managed to get a bit later on a set of aviators you know like you're all Ray Bans. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, three, three. Yep. Yeah. M- mullets. You know, everyone was rocking a mullet. You had a, 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 just yeah. a drags to push bike that you didn't buy from a Newtown Triple J shop. It was just your push bike. You know, uh, we had denim and we had like record players. All them things now are like what just, you know, what a, what a hipster would have. They were just our shit. Stop stealing our shit. You're appropriating our culture, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, you know, one thing I haven't seen though. What? People converting dragsters into BMXs with BMX handlebars and tufts and seats. Because what a fucking look! That's I know. just I might do it to mine. I was thinking of doing the same, just buying a dragster and doing the BMX dragster conversion. How it, cool would that be? Is that like when I was going to buy that LS1 converted VB and put it back to a 308? Pretty <laughs> much. I'm yeah, going yeah. to do the, the first LS1 to 308 conversion in a VC Commodore. <laughs> 1981. <laughs> uh, I went on holidays with my grandmother. Uh, and a few uncles and stuff. We went to obviously we grew up in the bush. That was the the holiday. Uh, Australia, nineteen eighty one. We saw a lot of rural workers, a lot of people out in the bush who hadn't migrated so much That's to right. the city so much. I, I, it's I find it interesting and I like to comment on the way that holidays have changed. Everybody goes into the outback now. They they get a four wheel drive and they go into Ayers Rock. They do Cloncurry, Mount Isa. Uh, that's one thing that changed. Uh, just touching on we're saying takeaway and foods and stuff. Growing up in the in the country one of the things we enjoyed on holidays was getting prawns like you go to the coast and get prawns and there was fresh bread you know there was a, there was a bakery shop there and stuff it's just interesting now they see it swing back the other way all everybody works uh, at a computer station now and what they want to do yeah. is, is go and go camping and go into the outback it's that's an interesting thing that's happened in my time that doesn't get enough enough comments on we were the other way we were country people and we come down to the to the coast we swam in the beach oh yeah when i was saying that um the 81 showroom the cars that were about in 1981, we built them ourselves. And in the current situation with COVID and the borders and everything changing, it was just interesting that in 1981 in WA, they used to dig iron ore, send it over to Newcastle, the Cora gang would use coal to fire it into steel, go down to Victoria, and them guys would build us cars. And it's everybody got a drink and everybody was on the same page. You could build our own cars. Uh, last year, mum was saying that her egg, you know, what's an egg beater? 
you know, it's got the little wheel, yeah, and yeah. the crown wheel yeah. and pinion. It's up. Uh, it broke. So she saw oh, no problem. She'll pick a new one up when she went shopping. She went shopping and said that they're all rubbish. There was they're all just real flimsy. She rang up my uncle, her brother, and said, "Have you still got mum's like her mum's my grandmother's egg beater?" And Uncle Laurie's a bachelor. He goes, "Oh, it'd be you can come down and have a look." He he moved into a house when she passed away. My nana, mum went down there, found it in the cupboard. This thing would have been built in the eighties, even the seventies. Uncle Laurie puts in WD forty, washes for it. It's Australian made, and she's still using it. She goes, "It is unreal." Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's, a show. Yep. Yeah, just a little. Uh, that's the, probably the most exciting egg beater story you've ever heard, Simon. Are you on the edge of your seat? <laughs> Don't make me tell you the one about the spatula. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have to scrape me off the floor with that one. Ah, oh, boom, boom. The, th- <laughs> the thong slappers are taking it to cutlery. Next week we're going to do door. I'm drinking a fucking cup of tea. See what happens? Sobriety. <laughs> fuck me, it's overrated, on it? Hey, uh, it's funny you mention that. Like the other day, who the fuck was I talking to about pizzas? Yourself. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Who the fuck was that? What have been... I can't remember. Anyway, I was talking to someone about pizzas, and we're commenting on the fact that, like, say now you can buy a pizza for what, like, six bucks or something, pick up, four bucks, like cheap as fuck for a pizza. Yep. yep. And I was saying that I remember in like the the mid to late eighties, I used to stay like a mate of mine lived at Barden, um, in Brisbane, and like say on the weekend because I lived at the Gap, you know, right, it was a fair fair ride. I'd just stay over there and. We'd go up and get a pizza on a Saturday night from, I think it was maybe Silvio's used to be the pizza in Brisbane. Silvio's or Domino's, one of the two. And the fucking pizza would cost us like 10 bucks back in the 80s yeah. to get a pickup pizza. Isn't it amazing like how much cheaper they are now? It's crazy. Well, it's like a lot of things. Stuff is so much cheaper now for the same product that it was. Obviously, the quality is probably nowhere near as good, but how, you know, like 35 years later, you can buy a pizza for half the price. It's well, when, just crazy. When Pizza Hut opened in Bathurst, we went there and it was a big thing. It was like, uh, as mum correctly pointed out, it's spelt incorrectly. It's pizza. There's no fucking E in it. But um, they were. They were $20 for pizza and the selling point was, yeah, but one feeds four people. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you, 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 you're dead right. It was um, definitely the same as uh, BCRs when they come out, microwaves. It's, it's funny how uh, economics work like that. Yeah, no, definitely. Hey, uh, mate, if you're finished with 981, do you want to get on and do a bit of a review of the September 2021 40th anniversary special, Street Machine Magazine? I do, but how about, as uh, gentlemanly, we both agree to go and do a wee? Yeah, sure. Right, two seconds. Sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> right, old man. <laughs> What you gonna do when you get a snack attack? How'd you keep away from junk? How'd you keep them off your back? And when it's time to treat your belly, get off the beaten track. Time to find a new direction, time to down the snack pack. When the snack attack hits you, you got the fat. There's nothing else that do you like a snack pack. When the snack attack hits you, you know you got the fat. There's nothing else that do you like a snack pack. It wasn't a snack pack. I get it stuff. Hello, my God, it's me again. Do do do. Forest Glen, dear sanctuary. On the Bruce Highway to the Sunshine Coast, there's clap claps roaming free. Disturbia. Oh, oh, you're back. Sorry, you're yeah. back. Well, that was no, you. Yeah. Oh, man. Go, I... oh, yeah, yep. No, you go. 
Oh, she's got the worst cramps. I've been sitting down. I stood up and nearly snapped myself in fucking half. <laughs> I, uh, I thought, oh, I should go have a slash just while you're going, you know, just in case. I didn't really think I needed one. Isn't it funny when you actually go in and do it? And next thing you know, your arm's against the wall like Austin Powers and you're there for half an hour. <laughs> I actually really needed one. I was like, At the, the Townsville round this year, the V8s, my mate Jono said, oh, look, I'll drive so you can drink. Man, I was smashing tens. I, I think he counted 15. I thought I drank closer to 18, but there was a... Um, before I was off the piss, obviously. There's a, a a toilet block there as well. Like normally there's portalies, there's a toilet block. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to go and take a piss. So I walk in there and I start slashing. This kind of bikey looking dude, I don't know, bikey or wannabe bikey comes in beside me and I'm just pissing all this light beer out, just... And he's standing there and like, he takes a piss, does his belt back up and, you know, checks his fucking thumb rings and all the shit. As he goes to leave, he goes, fuck me, you're going to be all right, mate. I was still pissing. Fair dick, <laughs> um, great, great story at the beach. You had the South East 61 piss chisel going on. Great story. The what are you eating? What are you eating now? Biscuit. Okay. Yeah, nice. At uh, Kingston. Fucking beautiful biscuit. Diesel at Kingston. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, so, fucking at the V8s, the lineup for uh, Win Cup and uh, Gizzy wasn't very long, so I lined up. How do you, oh, good on you guys, you know, thanks for coming out. They're like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I got each one of them to sign. They signed one of my arms each. And so uh, I bought a pit pass. So I'm standing at the pits. Wind Cup and Gizzy come in and they're like, they've got their gear on. They're ready to go and crack a qualifying lap. And so we're standing there and they've got the race face on. But there's a little fella in front of me. I don't know. I don't know. Kids age. Just I say about up to my belly button. I don't know, 10 or 5 or something. I don't fucking know. Wind Cup looks at him and goes, do you want an autograph, mate? But, you know, the autograph signing's over and he's ready to go and race, so they don't normally stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're standing right at the door of the pits. And this little kid goes, yeah. And so Wincap looks around. He says, you got a, you got a text to big fella. And I went, oh, I haven't got one. No. Oh, he looks around and he's in a hurry. He just looks at the little kid and goes, how would you feel about a hug instead? And the little kid goes, okay. So <laughs> he looks at his mum and the mum gives, like, gives Wincap the nod. Give him yeah. the biggest hug, and everyone, there's about 10 of us there, all just clap wind cup, mate. That was a fucking beautiful thing, eh? That was made my, my day. And on that, should I play the theme music to get us into our Bible studies for this please, episode? Please do. Rightio, fuck that, hey, Simon, that, that was Arthur's theme. If like you played Arthur's theme, bro. <laughs> Have another go. Fuck me. Mate, just before you get into this, I just sort of something I want to quickly mention just before we get too much into Bible studies. I really need to, on our behalf, thank everyone out there who I guess has supported the, the Thong Suppers, you know, when we were a regular show. Like, we're not back officially. Like, we're back in inverted commas to do this special, but we're not actually back back. But, mate, we're up to nearly 190,000 downloads of our podcast episodes. Can you believe that? That's unreal. It fucking spun me out. Like, I hadn't checked that in months. And, um, yeah, we're sort of still averaging since we stopped doing our regular podcast. We're averaging 500 downloads a week. So, you know, people are obviously still spreading the word about us and whatever, which is kind of cool. And I'm kind of hoping maybe we'll just end up like that, like Falsy Towers. You know, they did like 10 episodes. It just keeps getting played and played over and over. 
maybe as we get older, we keep forgetting shit. Just, so just, hopefully that's maybe what we'll roll on. I put that in context. You got hold of me and said, look, I want to do a podcast. So that's like my mates get hold of me and go, you know, I want to go to Cape York or I want to fucking build a helicopter or something. Fair enough. But you just done it. <clears throat> you rang me up and said, right, I didn't even know how we we're going to do it. I thought I was going to come to your place or we're going to do it at the podcast. And you just done it. You got off your ass. And all kudos to you, Simon. We beat V8 Supercars. We had a podcast before V8 Supercars had one. You know, so yeah. I mean, there's a, it's, a, it's a very good thing and you're very clever and I've always been thankful for you to it. And it's the difference between wanting to build yourself a 70s tribute panel van and disturb you. It's a difference between, you know, saying that you're going to do something and do it. And, and I was just, I am extremely lucky to have ridden your coattail on it. And I, that's the way I feel and I always have it. It's, uh, and it was very, very fun. Every, we'd never had something that wasn't fun. It was just always fun. So, Redmond, my friend, it's been a very long time since I spoke to you about Street Machine Magazine. What have you got for the cover of the September 2021 40th anniversary year special? Well, the first thing that I noticed about the covers when I picked a magazine up, it's actually thicker than a Telstra supervisor, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not sure if the main car's ever been a uh, cartoon before. Is cartoon the correct word? Well, it's actually funny you say that because it is something I've mentioned in my notes to do with that. You'll find that back in uh, 1986, I think it was, there was a red VK Commodore illustration doing a burnout. Ah, yes. Yeah, some of that. Yeah, yeah. That was, I I think it might have been March 86, not 100% sure, but there was that. And um, I think the only other time you've ever had illustrated covers was the Van Wheels special that you and I were a part of back in 2015. Yep. And also that was Aiden Jacoby did a cool Van Wheels thing on that. And also the actual original Van Wheels from the 70s, one of the uh, issues had an illustrated cover as well. But, mate, you're dead on. It's it's pretty much the second one in 40 years, which has had it. Apart from that, what have the Romans ever done for us? It, it ties in a little bit with the card and with um, Expression Session. That's one of my favourite parts of the magazine. And the Department of Youth, which is a, a fairly recent thing where the, the kids draw their cars. So that fits for me. Uh, just see the car on there, see... I blacked out the window. See the front windscreen? Yeah, yeah. I got my texture and I completed the window. The side window I completed and I painted the headlights black. Just yes. to give, yeah, just I, I wanted to custom, customise it a bit. I got oh, a, fair enough. Yep. I got a message from Brett Abraham, of course, our friend with Car 35, the New South Wales Variety Bash car. The original magazine 35 years ago with the HQ for you on the front of it? Yeah, yeah. How, how's this? It We, we started chain letter thong slappers. We started chain letter with that magazine where you get to sign it and it goes around from place to place. It turned up in his mailbox last week, the same day as this magazine turned up. And it's, it's Car 35, so it's 35 years since. It's just a few little 60-degree separation there. That's cool, like, Yeah. It's cool that that magazine's still going. It is. If, um, if anybody wants that magazine, get hold of Brett Abraham at Car 35 and just for a bit of a donation, you can sign it. It's something. It's, it's raising money for the New South Wales Variety Bash. But um, back to this this magazine. Patrick Skinner drew that. So I checked out who Patrick Skinner was. He's from uh, 1010 Creative, but then it kicked me on a Facebook, which I don't have. So um, funny thing is I found myself checking the panel gaps. Of the illustration. Yeah. <laughs> how, how sad is that? Well, especially seeing you never check the panel gaps on a real car. I know. That's what I find. I, I know. <laughs> this, um, it, it can afford to do a, a bit of different stuff, Street Machine Magazine, because it's a magazine that has – a life outside of its content. It's like Rolling Stones magazine was in the 90s, or it's like uh, National Geo magazine. Magazines are my hobby, so Street Machine can afford to... It's not as if it has to put 
you know, for a farming magazine, it has to have a John Deere tractor on there. For a Women's Weekly, it has to have a celebrity on there. But a street machine can afford to, to do a little bit of it. And I like this. It says here, 40 years. I'm like, do you really need to fucking rub that in that we're all that old? I need knee surgery. <laughs> yeah. I've got to get a couple of crowns on my teeth. I mean, yeah. You know, yes. I used to worry about stiffy pants. Now it's, um, see the two red trucks. You, you wish to get stiffy pants. I know. See the where it says above street machine. There's a party font. See above there, it's got giant posters. It's got two little red triangles. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like hazard lights warning HQ for you. You know, it's a, it's a, it's on its way, man. It's on its way, baby. Um, it's got triple exclamation marks. I found three exclamation marks on it, which is something that I genuinely like to do. Inside, what have I written here? Oh, inside of the bottom. So open the cover up and see the rare spares ad. Yes. Down the bottom, they said. There is no substitute for 40 years' experience. <laughs> what fucking genius wrote that? There's no substitute for 39 years' experience. There's no substitute for 41 years' experience either. It's, sort of, it's a bit fucking weird, isn't it? I'm hoping that just ties back into the magazine being the 40th anniversary. Ah, right. That could be it too. So um, also, see above that, it says, Escrushion's Interior Armrests. Do you see that little ad there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that? I don't even know how to pronounce that. But I've been looking everywhere for instructions, interior armrests. On the left page, see where at the top where it says rare spares? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here at Rare Spares, we are passionate about our cars and our people. That's why Rare Spares is. See how they've got four dots? Yeah. Aren't you meant to have three? I think you are. I think it's actually something that you have three dots. Hmm. Um, so HQ for you obviously is on the front cover, one of my favourite all-time cars, can easily on any day be my favourite car. The question is, if you had to push HQ for you around Bathurst or go to a three-hour seminar on using a Morosso speed calculator, which would you take? Oh, definitely pushing HQ for you. <laughs> what do you yeah. think of the cover there, Skip? Well, mate, I pretty much said everything I was going to say about it, just drawing it back to that VK Commodore plus the previous Van Wheels covers. But I think, just generally speaking, it's a totally appropriate cover for this for this issue. And on top of that, I love the fact that the Chef badge is still front and centre, just to yep. remind people that that's actually what it can still be all about. It was on the front page of the Street Machine special book too, wasn't it? Um, Sorry, what was that? Lucy just passed me a note. What was that? Hello, St. Lucy. HQP was also on the front cover of the Street Machine special book, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, hang on, hang on. She's just here. What's this about? Did you? In my top five favourite titles of 40 years. Okay. Just a news flash. Or, sorry, as the stupid nine news in Queensland now call a news alert. St. Lucy just passed me the top five cover names of Street Machine that she's chosen over the last 40 years. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yep. Number one, enormous horns. <laughs> Number these are real, by the way. Like these aren't fake. These are real magazine <laughs> cover title names, just like the forty years in the latest one. So I'll start again. Number one, enormous horns. Number two, pump action. Number three, super rod. Number four, big bang. And number five is blow me. <laughs> You know I what? might have to go now, mate. <laughs> you're, you're in the... Uh, but action to get into this afternoon. Enviable situation of having a pervert for a uh, partner. Yeah, seems that way. Cool. Anyway, people, so the rest of this podcast for about the next seven minutes is going to be Redmond by himself. <laughs> and it's about six minutes too long. Don't and, panic. And if, hey, you're, um, if you want to subscribe to Fans Only, I'll uh, turn the GoPro on in Simon's uh, bedroom and, yeah. 
you won't get your money's worth, believe me. No, so basically, back in the cover, I think, yeah, I just love that the Chev badge is front and centre on that. I think it's very cool. So, yeah. What did you have for Rig of the Month there, mate? Oh, hang on. That's the dumbest question I could have ever asked, isn't it? What you well, chose for Rig of the Month. The reason that I didn't choose HQ Fuel's Rig of the Month is it's not fair to judge it in this capacity because, obviously, it's fucking Rig of the Decade. It's Rig of the... It's rig of the scene. So, for to, to, for the rest of the owners, and to be fair to them, I'm going to obviously. You know how much I love it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. That's so what I'm thinking, man. You are yeah. off the drink if you're not choosing that. I know. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to take it out of the the. Obviously, I choose it, but to yeah. be fair to the other owners, I'm going to um choose a different car. Sure. No, fair enough. Yeah. And I'm just going to find the correct page. I've got everything written. I'm at, I am out of practice with this uh whole thong slappers. Okay, so car. On page 68, Lee Marotis, VF Valiant. Oh, yeah. Sweet chariot. I absolutely love this thing. It is so different, so unique, and it's built to – he's grooving to his own beat, the guy with this. It's uh, it's brilliant. It's big block 440 with a 460 crank. It's a four-speed. I'm a sucker for gold. The gold engine, the gold radiator, the gold carbies, the master cylinder, the wiper motor. It looks unreal. It looks unique, and it looks interesting, and it's not – it's not built to a scene. It's built to this guy is done the way that he wants it. A shave front oh. bumper. It's uh, not a shave V-dub bonnet. That's a, it's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy the, the livery. You know, the across the back there, he's got the demon's head across the uh, boot stripe. Yeah, the stripe, yeah. You know, I love all the stripes and all the bells and whistles and stuff. The decals, I've never made a, uh, never made a secret of that. It's it's a car building exactly what he wants, you know. It's a congratulations uh, to Lee. It's it, it's sick. Have a look at page seventy three. Oh yeah. See Lee down there with the look on his face. Yeah. Have a look above his belly button. He's got the biggest stiffy pants that's even going through his hoodie. <laughs> have, a, have a look at that. What a mongrel. <laughs> oh, it's, probably, it's probably appropriate though. I know. Look at the look that. on his face. He's going. I got the shit. <laughs> Is when you said, "Hey, Reverend, can we can we do a Bible study?" So I. I went through and I, I picked what you're going to pick the rig of the month. So tell oh, me yeah. if I be HK Premier with just the sound yeah. lines. I knew no, it. <laughs> yeah, you were right. Yeah. Tell us about it, please. Okay. So, yes, if you'd like to turn to page 106, Quality Street, it is Vinny Pratico's. Oh, man, hang on. How would you pronounce it, you reckon? Pratico. 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 Yeah, okay, sorry. So page 106, Quality Street, Vinnie Pratico's HK Premier. Now, you're right. Straight away, it just ticks all the boxes for me. It's black. It's got cellulose auto drags on it. I love that interior. You just know me inside and out as far as what I'm going to choose car-wise. Like, you just have to flick over the page, 108 and 109. Like, look at that photo that shares 108 and 109, the rear view. How fucking tough is that thing? Yeah. Like, the rear, like the way that the tyres are stuffed under there, it's got shitloads of dish, it's missing the centerline cap to show off the axle brand on the end. Like, it's got everything going for it. The black paint. The fact it's not debadged, like, normally I love cars that are debadged, but the fact that this one isn't, it really works with it. Like, it's got every bit of chrome that it would have left the factory with, which is really cool. And, yeah, it's got a small block Chev, that juiciest of red interiors. It just fucking it's got everything going for it. I like everything about it. So that is most definitely the rig of the month. Like, I basically, as soon as I opened this magazine to the to the contents page, as soon as I saw that car, I was sold, no question. That basically, in the bare bones, 
could be 1981, 1991, 2001 or 2021, the the small block Chev, the wheels. Obviously, it's got the, you know, the, the 434, but, I mean, it is actually a small block Chev. It could be, you know what I mean? It's timeless, that car, isn't it? You have just fucking summed it up. You've just said exactly what I was thinking and didn't know it. That is just exactly it. It's completely timeless. It's just street machining 101 right there. It's unreal. Eh? What, um... This magazine's obviously got the smutty in it as well, which is, uh, it's not the mutty, which uh, obviously we ran as a contest there for a while, <laughs> but if uh, Street Machine every year have a Street Machine of the Year, and it's it's a really good thing to get behind because you can win a few dollars just by picking a car. Yeah. So I'm not really interested to find out, okay, I'm going to have another pick. I reckon that you picked numbers eight. Gray Miller's EH panel van for yep. June 2021. Uh, uh, sorry, you're actually incorrect. For fuck's sake, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. No. Uh, I actually, if you are actually wondering what I did choose, I voted for Chad Ribbons, HD Holden from June 21, position number one. Wow. It's low, isn't it? Fucking love it. I just love everything about this build. See, I think the thing too, like, you know, I'm a sucker for a car build which has a really, like, it's got substance as far as it's got a backstory it's got someone doing it themselves or with close mates. You know, it's, it's being done to a budget. It's got all this sort of stuff that it gives it a really serious personality. And I love everything. I love HD Holdens for starters. The fact is, you, it's very cool. It was his dad, Scott, who's, who's sadly passed away since. And who I actually had the pleasure of meeting. I did a story on his green FJ a number of years ago. I don't know. It's a build with substance or something. I'm not trying to in any way take away from any of the other builds that are, have made to Street Machine of the Year, but... This is to me just the standout car for the nominations. So, what's yeah. the story with the can of Coke? Chad Ribbons is a stunning tribute to his late dad's. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's the uh, shifter. Sorry, the shifter. Oh, right. Eh? I thought you were talking about me because I've got a can of Coke sitting here. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how the fuck did you know that? Yeah, no, the shifter's a can of Coke. What do you call it? The handle, the lever yeah, right. on the lever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So that's what that is. Yeah, no, it's a fucking cool car, and um, I'm putting all my bets in for that. All one of my bets for Chad Ribbons. Yeah. So hopefully he goes there. What about yourself, mate? What would you choose? For I did pick Graham Miller's EH panel van just because it's a, a small block. It's got stance. It's got Adam number plates. I like the way that it's spelled Adam on the number plates. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that, that's a van I could see me driving. It's red, loud, red, obnoxious, and it's foolish. It's just fucking it's me all over. It is fucking cool. Look, I'll be honest with you. The car that I think, well, I think it's going to be a toss-up between two cars that actually what will win. I think it's going to be Peter Sharp's yeah. Silver HQ Monaro or Dean Ricard's HT Monaro on page 59. Look, but then again, Billy Shelton's VL Commodore, that's pretty cool. Like, every car deserves it for, I mean, Michael Moyt's TD Cortina. That was going to, I picked that until I went back and found the EH, to be honest. Yeah, but look, actually, do you remember the, the Sharp HQ? Look, I... I love this car. I love the fact that he's he's doing something custom in a modern society where it's all about purist and rector classic and shit. And this car, unfortunately, is cops and crap. But the only one thing, like the one thing that just, I just wish he didn't paint it silver. Mm. To me, like I feel that silver, it just dates it straight away because you think about all the big high end cars that have been built the last decade or whatever that have been silver. You've got um, that King Kong Cuda. You've also got, uh, what's his name? Adam LaBreeze, the XC Falcon he did in silver originally. 
I, I just I feel like it lets the car down. Yeah. I just feel like it. Do you remember we were actually messaging with him on our old Instagram messaging back and forth with Peter? I was trying to convince him to paint it like that 308Q. That yeah, I remember white, that, yeah. It was the HQ uh, concept car for GM in the 70s. It was white with red and blue stripes and stuff on it. I'm like, oh, man, like just high impact. Like I just feel like a different color would just send this even higher than it already is. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not trying to bag it. Like, I, I love the build. I love the the fact that it's just so neatly just done. Just go a solid color. But just go a color that I feel like silver has just let it down because it's just been done to death with this this style of build. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like it. a different color would just shoot it into the stratosphere. What color? I don't know. Mate. I really don't know. I know it'd be a fucking hard. Look, I would love something like that. You used to be able to get, I think it was HJs or HXs came in like this aqua colour, kind of like a turquoise not a turquoise, but an aqua. Sandman's used to be that colour. I just think even a solid, like brighter colour, like a, even a factory holding colour that was tweaked. I just think anything but What about silver. some sort of Datsun blue, either the dark Datsun blue or the icebox blue, you know, like the light sky blue or something? Yeah, maybe exactly. Mm. Just something that's not silver. You, I mean, you look at all the other cars on that page, and you imagine that 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 HQ and any of those colours, whether it be the the red of the Gray Miller's panel van, the blue of Danny Probert's XD, even the black of the Lou Eunice LJ, even the green of Chad Ribbon's car, like, or even white. I don't know, but I just feel like I just feel like silver. I don't know. It just lost me. It's silver. When you look at the cars, the uh the 16 of them. The scene's good, man. Oh, it's fucking great. Look, the variety. Mm. Look at the variety of cars that are mixed up here. Something. in this thing. Even the green of Dean Rickard's Monaro on that sharp Monaro would just yeah. look amazing. But I just think it would give it a lot more depth or something. I don't know. The, um, the Cortina for me, because of your comments on one of our podcasts, that because of the starting price, for the buying price of a, a Kingswood or a Falcon or something is, is so high. You can save yeah. that 40, 50 grand by buying a Cortina, a Centura, a Datsun. And that's that's something that I've really taken on board. And the, the, the work on the car is still the same. It's still the same. It's the same price, essentially, to build a Cortina as it's going to, excuse me, to build a, um, a Tirana as far as this workmanship and the parts. But it's mm. 50 grand cheaper to buy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, can- and it is getting harder and harder these days with the way prices have just gone fucking just crazy in the last year. I mean, where the cars are selling, I mean, look, at auction, I know they are, but, you know, your general Joe Blow trying to sell his fucking rusted out heap of shit, you know, on Facebook Marketplace or something for 30 grand, which you'd pay $600 for two years ago. I don't know. Like, are these just clap claps who just fucking staking their their dreams on an unreasonable price? Or are they actually selling? I think so. Nah. I think they're just – like, when you see a VK Group A – Peter Brock sell for a million dollars. It doesn't mean that your shitbox VK is suddenly worth twenty grand. It's still a shitbox VK. You have to have the Peter Brock company car number one, or you have to have the Monaro yeah. with the yep. three fifty. You still have to have the car. Still has to be decent. It doesn't. Your four door Toronto or the rusted out boot and fucking the engine in the chook pen. It's it's not suddenly worth. <laughs> yeah, it's suddenly not worth one hundred and fifty grand because A nine Xs are worth a million. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, but it, it does it does, Adam, if you say in your ad, rust in all the usual places and you don't clean it before you take the photos. Or you put we'll we'll run tens if you drop it off yeah. fucking a cliff. Yeah, yeah. So 
Anyway, but look, yeah, look, uh, I think, yeah, cutting cutting to the chase, I want Chad Ribbons' HD to win, but I think Peter Sharp's HQ Monaro will win for hard, Street Machine of the Year. Hard to bet against, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it does deserve it. It's just my own personal preference is the colour, but, yeah, so. Anyway, hey, um, what have you got there as far as some tough shot action for me, some please? Some tough shot, right, I go to page 108, please. And it's not 108, it's 108. Yes, I'm there. Have a look at that engine. The Chevy Rocket covers. It's got the distributor. It's got the big carby and a Holden Kingswood engine bay. That's that's tough shot for me right there. Big time. Page 151. Please, Skipper. If you're not mowing the lawn in a blackout with your fly mo. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> Thomas Stokes, uh, as in, you know, Stokes yeah. Thomas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Part of the Backyard Builds crew. He sent me an ad off Gumtree for a flymo. <laughs> oh man, I would have bought it for you. I would have definitely bought it. Flymo. That's all it was. He just sent me this text message. It was just a screenshot of a flymo for selling Gumtree. <laughs> um, sorry, yeah, you were saying page one fifty or one fifty one. One fifty one. Yes. HQ for red. See it up there. Oh yeah. The headlights. I've, I've spoken about this this exact photo before. Just the headlights, the dust in the rear. It's a very iconic streetcar image. It's it's uh. HQ for you, it's the same as HO0775. It's the same as Rex Webster. That's one of the images that we've uh, taken on board. We hold it here. We've got that image with us. Mm. You know, I know there's a lot of stuff with Facebook you can find all this shit, but for me, that's a brilliant photo. That's, that that oh, photo yeah. stands stands up and against anything. Page okay, 158. Oh, oh yep. Yeah. Mr. Here I am. Mr. Yep. Dodgy. Man, I like that car. I like <laughs> the genre. By the way. Yep. yep. I've always gone on about the genre of street cars, how we can call them whatever the fuck we want. I call them, I'll call that a street bruiser. It's like a beat up old car. It's like poor 440 or, um, you know, any of them sort of things. That's got a, 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 a cast iron 6.6 in it, this thing. But I think there's a lot of legs in that genre and it's not being explored fully of just getting some beat up old chrome bumper car and putting a, an engine in it. Yeah, I think that's like basically what a street sleeper was many moons ago. But these days, it's really a, a economically viable way to get yourself into a cool and tough street car. It's 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 tough for its own reason. Like the you know you can spend twenty thirty grand on an engine, and you just you know the thing you do the roadworthy stuff, the brakes, the steering, the suspension. But fuck, do you really want to bomb another thirty into the body? Not really. That's you know that's no. that's real money. No. Not yeah. for some jealous clap clap, just a fucking key to the shops either. Yeah, that's right. Or you blow a tire or snap an axe or something, you're not going to go and fucking hang yourself. And yeah, if you're listening, Simon Telford, can you go to page two thirty one before anybody else, please? Right, Simon, can you go to uh, Simon Major? Can you go to page two thirty one? Okay, here I am. Fucking boom, Luke Bajada, that FJ. That was my rig of the month. I was going to put that in as my rig of the month. Yeah. Oh, listen to this man. He's got a small block Chevy, a T four hundred and nine inch full full bed resto done at home. I built the car myself. I love it, man. I absolutely love FJs. There was one at the car show, Motor Madness, whatever in towns or showgrounds on the weekend with a big block in it, the cast iron big block FJ. Man, that's a bit of a stuff, isn't it, to get that happening? Oh, that'd be cut and shut. That's also my reader's ride as well. So that that that's a dual duties. Now, I, I know... the 283 Chev factor as well. Yes, I, I do too. Cool. I think yep. it's extra. So what's that? It's uh, 4.3? Uh, Jesus, what would it be? 283, well, 253 is 4.2, 308 is 5 litre. Hey, 
I've forgotten what I was talking about. Um, 4.2243, throughout's five litre. It's kind of a little bit over halfway. Yeah, about 4.6. There's 4. a summary, 283, awesome. 283 times 1639 gives us 4.6 litres. Okay, cool. There you go. Yep. There you go. Um. If you were to pick some tough shots from the September 40th edition Street Machine magazine, what would they be? Mate, please go to page 43. The unlucky number in motocross, 43. Oh, yeah, baby. Yep. That's my girl right there. The rear three-quarter view of HQ for you. Yep. Just everything about that. Color-coded bumpers. It's got the, the pumped guards in steel. It's got the flutes in the front guards. You can see the tweak of the reverse cow on the bonnet. And, yeah, it just fucking says it all, doesn't it? It's and what it. a fucking credit to, and, uh, to Rod. Rod and Judith Menso for keeping this car in such an awesome condition. I obviously did the, actually wrote the story on this for the magazine, and it was a fucking pleasure to do it. So, yeah, because it, of its history. I see it a lot. It was at uh, the V8 Supercars and it was at the car show on the weekend. It's, I think you mentioned in there this is a Monaro done, right? It hasn't been done since or again. But it's perfect the way the guards are pumped, and it's yeah, it's yeah, exactly. absolutely like Rodney's done a he told me done a flat firewall, and and the, the reverse cows are a relatively new thing, but it's just it's it's perfect. It's way Monaro should be. Yep, agree. It just looks looks the goods, no question. Uh, after that, mate, please go to page seventy seven. Oh yeah, yes. The engine bay shot of leader eight. Yeah, it looks like a fucking tr- a bulldozer engine. Oh mate, how fucking cool is that? Just it's just got so much shit going on. It just looks evil. That's all I can really say about that. Beyond tough, and I love that car. As it, do many people, understandably. You'd have to think that he's got a fair old slug on him, mate. Eh? Oh mate, if he doesn't, he would every time I drove that thing. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cool. Two gear sticks. <laughs> mate, when you read, please flick pull to page ninety-two. Yep. Oh yeah. Just that rear three-quarter view of Ange and Mitch, uh, what's their surname? Wallace, I think it is. William. Mitch Wallace, Wallace. yeah. Yeah, sorry. The rear three-quarter view of Ange and Mitch Wallace's XP hardtop with a centerline pro stocks. You just don't see those pro stocks anymore, do you? Or you? Even when they were new, you didn't see a lot of them, but it just looks fucking tough. The stance, the colour, those wheels. Yeah, it's something about that. I just think it's a really tough shot. Well, of course, I rang you as soon as I read the uh, little the insert there on page 93 to make sure you weren't going to jump off a bridge because <laughs> they're no longer making them anymore. Uh, yeah. Anyway, look, they do have, a, I guess, a new version of Centerline, but it's just not quite the same. And Yep. Right okay, there. so I spoke about already page 108 was Vinny's HK Prem, that squat and fat look with those pipes, look at the HK yep. Prem. So I'll go on to the next one. Page 124, please. Oh, yeah. Mensa. You just knew it straight away. Yep. Mensa, mm-hmm. it just looks like a fucking bloated bullfrog about to pounce. Like, how the fuck is that engine even in there? Like, where's the sump in the boot? Like, just, <laughs> I mean, it actually probably is. It's probably dry something anyway. But I just, that photo, fuck me. It's like the tough shot of the century. Did you see yeah, the, I, love it, so. I think Street Machine put something up, the last drag race he was at? Oh, up at uh, Cairns. Yeah. I don't quite, yeah. I'm not. Technically up to date, I guess, but he's saying that car doesn't have any ECMs. It doesn't run on the uh, the same tyres everyone else. So he's he's a bit of a yeah. You know, all the guys come in the pits, they plug their laptops in, they're on their Wi-Fi and shit. He just goes out, does a blast, comes back, parks it up. Did you see that interview? 
No, I haven't actually. I know the video you're talking about. I just yeah. haven't quite got there yet. Which, yeah. He wrote a great article in, um, can't think of the magazine. He actually wrote it himself, which tells a lot of the story of the car. He's a pretty clever okay. guy. He, he writes pretty well. He's a big BMX fan as well, Tristan Ockers. Yeah, He's right writes all that shit too. So, Matty uh, Ma- Waters is a friend of Chick Henry. Uh, g'day, Matty. And he was saying that Chick Henry and Marty Abu, uh, and sorry, uh, what's Abu? Ma- uh, yeah, Matt Abu. Matt Abu yeah. That's who uh, Matt Waters is named after. When the film of Fries used to go to the Summonats, they would just dead set get stood up on the first day. Like Chick would go and see him, Matty would go and see him, and they'd go, fellas. They're fucking around. They put them down the back corner by themselves, and Maddie goes, they were just so fucking wild, them guys. Just They just run a <laughs> fuck all weekend, just do whatever they wanted. So, yeah, they, they had to put them on notice on the first day every time. Uh, last tough shot for me, page 212, middle of the page, with Sean Ammons, HR Holden Luke. <laughs> I missed that. How fuck did I miss that? It's going to be tough as when it's done. Two seven fives, auto drags, running a hot six. That's pretty cool. I dig that. So that was me for tough shots, mate. Uh, hang on, mate. Hey, there's somebody who just wants to say good day. I'll put her on. Okay. Hey, Adam. Hey, Saint Lucy. How are you going? I'm good, Redmond. How are you? Good. First thing I got to apologise for is my behaviour on um, Australia Day. I didn't mean to um to fart in your house. <laughs> I know, I know. You you always say that, but it always happens. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> so, a big offender. <laughs> Simon's fault. I told him putting dog food on the pizza wasn't going to work, but you know what he's like. <laughs> how you been? <laughs> yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, how you been? Excellent, actually, really good. That's uh, nice, cool weather up here at Townsville. So uh, excellent. Yeah, it's, it's it's been nice actually. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And 40 years of Street Machine. It's just amazing, isn't it? It's awesome. It's incredible. It's a, it's a legacy magazine. It's, it's been around for that long. It has, a, it has its own life. It's been through a lot of different different people, a few different owners, but I think it retains its, uh, its guts, you know. Magazines tend to, especially in the, you know, in the, modern, in the modern world, the, the paper magazine tends to be uh, either just an ad or the, the content doesn't hold up, but they've managed to, to keep hold of it, I feel. Oh, most definitely. And I mean, especially with everything that's been going on at the moment, it is just fabulous to have something that, you know, you've always grown up with, you know it, and it's still in a paper edition and it's tangible, you've got it, it comes in your mailbox and when you're at home and you've got nothing to do, you can read it. It's just... You don't have to plug it in, you don't have to recharge it. People can't <laughs> People can't attack it. They, they might, I, I don't have social media, but like they can't attack it, they can't write... You know, you see them on YouTube when somebody puts a car up, oh, this is a shit box, this is that. But in the magazine, it's just it's printed once and that's it. You get hold of it and we get to keep it. I love it. And, I mean, I was just going through that massive uh, poster with, like, the 40, 40 years, uh, you know, like all the different all the, titles. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just epic. And it's just – it's amazing. I want that blown up in, like, wall size. I want a copy of that in, like, I don't know, just the wall size. I want to see every single magazine. It's It's just – yeah, I don't know. There's not many magazines that can claim that, can they, that they've I, not fully gone digital. I think Street Machine should take you on board there, print it out and put, <laughs> yeah. on, put it on their wall in their office. And I spoke to Telfo when he first came uh, into the edit, editor's role there when he was the editor, and I said, are we going to go digital? And, and he goes, not in my lifetime. So, No, not on my watch was actually his correct is correct wording. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it's good to have the digital platform, you know, and everyone can have a chat and you like... I don't know. It definitely, it definitely is going that way. That's the way the content will go, and there's no holding it back. It's going that way. But um, while it's not, I'll enjoy it. I've, I've always enjoyed it. It's uh, 
it's one of the few magazines that you're now allowed to have in a workshop. I know it's it's pretty good, and um, yeah, I was looking at the titles, and I'm like, also the cover story um, headlines as well, and I'm like, oh man, there's some epic ones there. They're so cool. The, and the problem and for us, I wish I kept all my old street machine magazines. Like when I was um, first getting into cars, and my family had absolutely no idea about cars, and I I was specific. I wanted an EH. Yeah, street machine was my go-to for everything because internet wasn't exactly that prominent then and so that was it that was my bible and i'm spewing i threw away my collection of street machine every everybody says the same thing and it's you imagine how many owners of it doesn't matter whether you're in readers rides or whether you're in um as a feature car imagine how much pleasure it's brought to them people like we all we all talk about being the readers and, and everything we enjoy it but imagine how many people have happily seen their car in there just Chris Coit, I'd done him for a different magazine. He was like, man, I've always wanted to see my car in a magazine. You know, so it's, it's awesome. And Street Machine must be one of the few magazines that has so many owners because we are the owners, the subscribers and the long-term hardcore guys. I feel we are the owners, you know. We, we're the guys that guys and girls that um, yeah. we were, we're the owners of it as, as far as how invested we are in it. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's great. I mean, like you, you see friends' cars in there and you see people that maybe you don't know that, their cars in there and you want to sort of connect more and find out more about their car it's just um well you yeah, see you see all those editions you see people with a 30 foot hearse shifter <laughs> <laughs> crazy people crazy people <laughs> yeah simon's idea <laughs> yeah blame yeah him. but yeah i mean i just i'm so happy to see this magazine still going after 40 years you know it's also nice to see a new generation coming through the, like, absolutely like yeah the, you know, we grew up with it, but then there's this new generation that are harnessing it, and they've got a different interest in different models. But it's just it's just awesome to see that it, it keeps on living. It is it is a in one in one way a counterculture. Cars, you know, I'm sure that most hobbies like to see themselves that way as, as a bit of a counterculture. But how many people say cars from A to B or whatever? You know, it's uh, not us. <laughs> no way. But, yeah, I, it's. <laughs> yeah. It's something that even even when I haven't, there's been different times where I haven't owned a car where I've just, you know, I've used public transport and stuff and I still buy the magazine. I had a BMX. When I was in Perth, I just had a BMX. I had no reason to have a car, but I'd still buy the magazine every month, you know. I had absolutely no car and I was buying the magazine just because I knew nothing about cars and I wanted this car in my mind. When I first saw an EH, I nearly had a car crash. I'm like, oh, I have to have one. And so then I started buying the magazine to learn more about cars and it just... Yeah, I've grown up with it. I just, I don't know, I love it. And it's awesome to see that it's still going. So, you can tell have when you got anything new or are you planning on any new projects? Oh, I've still got my uh, VK that I'm trying to get back on the road. I'm doing, I, I might have mentioned it to Simon, I'm doing Project Adam at the moment. I'm trying to um, sort myself out. So, I'm like, a, a, a rusty, I'm a rusty wreck out in a paddock. So, I'm, I'm in the process of, of uh, sort, sorting me out at the moment, doing more bike stuff than, than car stuff, I okay. guess. But, um, you're like a barn find, aren't you? I'm like it. Now I'm more like you. Work to do, but it's all good. I'm it's like a pa- paddock yeah. find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's a good thing, hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm grass fed paddock grain. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not doing much. What do you reckon the uh, turnaround on the EHs? I don't know. I mean, I I overheard you know Simo saying before when he's like 50, it's going to be done. But I don't know. Who knows? Because he wants, he has visions for it over here on the right and I have visions for it over on the on the left and um yeah I mean That's I want a 350 in it I want a roll cage <laughs> I want you know yes like racing harnesses which 
it's just yes. it's ridiculous. It's just not practical. So he's my voice of reason. So it's awesome to have him on the project. Otherwise, yeah, I just it's waste your, money. You're from Mars and he's from Venus. I'm sure you've probably yep. heard that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's always the thing, isn't it, with the, with the car? I've, I've learned that some of the hardcore seasoned street machiners can read street machine magazine like it's not a catalogue. Mm. You fall into that trap. Oh, as soon as you start, oh, I want this transmission, I want this front end, I want this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, most of the standard factory geometry and bits and pieces for what we do, the level we're at, that's fine. You can put oh, the, yeah. you can put all this, the flash front end, and if that's if that's a level that you're at, but basically our ball joints and disc brakes and stuff, they're all the same, aren't they? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, but you know, roll cages and harnesses and three fifties are a must. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine a time where roll cages, three fifties, and harnesses go out of date, uh, go out of vogue because they go from being the center of they were the center. You know, everybody had Bond roll bars, the small block three. Not everybody, the big dogs had the, the small block three fifty and the harnesses. And now, if you were to do that, you are tr- you are a tribute to them guys. So it's not. Oh, as if it's, most definitely. It's yeah, not as if yeah. It's gone out you know guys what Simon and I like? We've noticed is when we're on the road, we're like, oh my god, it's a Gemini. Like, and we love seeing the the younger generation coming through and loving cars that obviously are a different like era to what we loved. But it's just it's just amazing what they're doing to Gemini's and and things that. I'd never consider doing anything to, but yeah, I love seeing the new generation harnessing street machine and doing new things with cars that are probably from, I don't know, what would you say, maybe the 80s? They have to do them with them because it's the same as uh, when guys uh, guys and girls our age were doing XR Falcons and, and HKs, they weren't expensive. They're too expensive now, so they've got to go back about 10 years and get whatever cars they can kind of peel their craft into, you know, they, the Kingswood, the Tirana, and the Falcon are just out of the budget at the moment. Unless you're a retired, you know, or you're, you're, you're very financially independent. So yeah. I think that's why they do a lot of the. You can do just as just as good work. To, I love Geminis. I've had so many Geminis. I reckon they are. You know, one, one car that I think will, will come into the fore a bit more is like a Hilux, just a single cab two wheel drive, or a, definitely two wheel drive Hilux because it's got a full chassis. They're a oh, four-cylinder. Yeah. You can work it. You can get parts. You can still get guards. You can get doors. Yeah, yeah. You can. They, they. You know, plenty of guys are putting LSs in them and stuff. So, not so much mini trucks, but I think Hiluxes and, and bits and pieces like that, which are, you know, one, two, three thousand dollars. You know, there's there's a lot of meat on the bone in that kind of uh, that that kind of street car too. It's not a traditional oh, yeah. street car. Yeah, yeah. Definitely what you say, though, is true. Like, it's, it's like what we were doing back then. It's like, okay, so an EH or a Tirana was sort of more affordable then. Yeah, But now, right. you know, you're Geminis. But, like, I see them on the road and I'm like, oh, that looks just so cool. I want one. Or uh, I don't know. It's just it's really nice to see that passion um, for cars, older cars, you know, live on. When you look at Coronas and Corollas, they were basically uh, Nana's cars and, and uni students had them. They were cheap four cylinders. <laughs> now they're a, they're a big dog. You, you know, you won't see one. You won't see one starting with a you know a one. They all start around twenty. That's yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they're yeah. unbreakable, aren't they? They're virtually unbreakable. I remember sort of mounting a corner. I'd taken it maybe a wee bit too fast, and um, that thing was unbreakable. Yeah. I, I can't remember what Corolla is. The same as Lynch's. Is that a KE10 or a KE30? I can't remember. But at one stage, quite undeliberately, in it, within a period of about three or four years, I had a red, white, and blue one. I'm, you know, I had a red one, <laughs> then I had a white one, and I had a blue one. And, and see, because we didn't have internet. So I had, I had Corollas. And we, you know, we didn't have mobile phones even. That's how long ago it was. Uh, 
Oh, I see someone's got a Corolla, so you'd have to, you know, wait last minute. Give me, oh, you got an old Corolla in your backyard. Oh, mate, I'm chasing the windscreen. Oh, you can come and get the whole thing, man. Give me 150 bucks. Yeah. So it was that small community networking where you couldn't just jump on eBay and put Corolla in it. You know, you had to actually, yeah. you know, I had a, a lot of 16, that's in 1600s as well. That was the same thing. You get a bit of a name, people bring in you saying, oh, mate, you know, I can get a, yep. you know, a blinker or a, um, a seat or something. Yes. Yeah, Daddies, they're awesome too, aren't they? I like, love them. Absolutely yeah. love them. <laughs> yep. I just wish we could have more cars here, but we've only got so much space. So, well, I'm looking yeah, at I think move. buying myself a unit, so I've got to get rid of stuff. <gasps> yeah. No, you can't do that. Oh, there's only me. I don't even have a goldfish. So, I mean, I've got this big three bedroom house with a pool and everything, and I don't need any of it. So, I'm just kind of. So, I can get a unit with two, two car park spaces. So, you know, I can take my VK, my VE, and I can put one motorbike upstairs and I can put the other one at my brother's house. I thought, I, I'm not yeah. totally convinced on it yet, but. Yeah, I mean, the suburbs are crazy. It's full of crazy people and noisy kids and fences crazy falling. Crazy people. Hang on, that's you. Yeah, I know. I, I, you know, you'd be, if there's no crazy at the party, you probably are the crazy at the party, I've always been told. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, don't get an apartment. Yeah, but um, think about it. You need lots of garages so you can have lots of projects and lots of fun. I don't oh, know. I might just whenever you get some, time. Some Lego. Just have things to tinker with. We don't have any time, though. That's why the EH is taking such a long time, and I can't wait for it to be finished. But like I said before, you know, I've got this vision of this, like, ridiculous thing, but Simon's a bit more realistic, and, I mean, it needs to be more realistic so it can be street, street-driven But it's the, thing, the thing that Simon and I are on the same page is, is uh, we're talking about Disturbia earlier, and he's saying that it's finished, it's done. So he's the same as me. Once your car's finished, you don't, you don't bang on and go, oh, I want to get a blower for it, I want to get... No, just enjoy yeah. it. The the quality you put into it and the parts that you put into it, it should last as well. So you know, you, I'm I'm in the, I'm in the same boat with him. Is that once the things once the things done, it's done. I don't I don't need to revisit. I don't need to do any oh, more exactly. shopping. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. once once you I get mean, once you get the EH, it'll you know it'll be uh, handed over to your daughter at some stage. I know she's going to have a lot of cars, but I mean, like anyone, you know, you've just got to enjoy them. They don't need to be in the garage. Get out there and enjoy them and drive them. That's what they're there for. The funny thing is my, so. brother, my brother's quite a good mechanic and he's built a lot of my stuff. He doesn't enjoy the driving side of cars. He much prefers to have them and tinker, and that's fine because that's just his side of the hobby. But I I think I can't believe that we're related some days. <laughs> <laughs> I need him here because we don't have time and I need someone like that that just loves doing the work. I mean... I really get excited about, you know, the mechanical, like the engine part of it. And I am so gutted that um, because I had an accident with mine uh, that the block actually broke so that we're back to square one and we've got to build it. And I'm sure know. I'm sure the listeners can remember your uh, your triple carburetor tuning uh, <laughs> prowess. It's probably on par with about mine, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, the neighbours are glad that I moved away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, roaring, the, the roaring six-cylinder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, one day it will be on the road. But, yeah, no, it's, it's just awesome to see Street Machine Magazine 40 years strong. Definitely. And congratulations for them, guys. They've got, they got good people in their corner. And uh, so we'll be, what are we? We'll be uh, touching the late 40s by the time we get the, the golden uh, 50th anniversary. And it will get it. I think it. so. Yeah. We definitely will get it. And what will be on the front page? Probably Disturbia, the front cover. Maybe it could be a Gemini. It probably will know. be a Gemini. Or it could, it, 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 I can see it already. It's got Redmond Winsy Lee Hall with his FJ. 
yeah. Oh, great speaking with you. And um, no worries, Saint yeah, Lucy. It's good to catch up. It's hope, been a while. It has been a while. I hope you're feeling a bit better. But yeah, definitely. Uh, next time we do one, you'll have to to come on board. And I apologise again about that fart. I know it was Australia Day and all, and I was a little bit drunk. But actually, it was cocoa. It was frightening. Yeah, <laughs> it was cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was frightening. Don't do it again. No pizzas for you. Uh, well, I told Simon, don't put the dog food on there, but you know what he's like once he gets, oh, good idea, let's put dog food on the pizza and we'll trick everyone. And then I forgot about yeah, it and yeah, ate yeah. it. That's after a couple of drinks, though. <laughs> yes, well, um, that has been mentioned before, maybe. <laughs> right, St. Lucy, we'll give my love to the little one and, uh, and to Clara. <laughs> yeah, no worries, Redmond. Okay, take care. Okay. What have you got in the way of Action Jacksons? I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I am for real. I was dating a girl that was a school teacher, my last girlfriend, and her name was uh, Jackson, her last name. So she's Miss yeah. Jackson. So obviously the text, and like a text or something, she goes back, I am for real. But I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Um, oh, speaking of, uh, double one eight. You can't find it, you old speed finger. Um, <laughs> I'm at... <laughs> Ahmed hanging out of that car. Can you see what's happened? Can you actually see what's happened in that photo? He's, he's got both arms out just standing on the pedals. Yeah, I know. No. He's got his balls caught in the seat spring. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or old mates just dropped the ripper fart. It's nothing to do with being excited. His old fucking nards are stuck in the seat. Tough photo. It's a Either great that shot. or his passenger done a Dagwood dog festival fart, aren't they? Just <laughs> disgusting. Page 121. Skipper? It's like oh, yeah. A, a Mazda. What about pick? Oh, Greg, how do you say his name? Greg Maskell. Look, he's got that look on his face. I'm driving a blown Falcon Ute. That's the look I'd have as well. Have you see that Ute? Yep, I'm tapping it. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? Page 208. Oh, the, uh, his, uh, Brandon's uh, small block Chev LC. Great shot. Oh, the snot rod. Yeah, yeah it's great. Love to see. Even the, the bonnet's on the roof of the trailer, man. <laughs> Explain that to a cop. Uh, the bonnet's on the roof. It's up the trailer. Duh. And I like the way, I think it's quite deliberate the way the speed limit's blurred in the background. That's a good photo, isn't it? No, it's a cool it is. Great photo. That's a great photo. That's it for my action jackson's Simon, what do you got? Uh, if you can go back to page 98, please. Bindies? Page 98, top of the page, you've got... Fuck, I'm bad with names. Still, I haven't learnt. Rayim Tars XD Ute. Rahim. Now, the thing I love about this photo is like the... The double whammy here. It's both on the mindies and it's flashing tie rod. See the launch? <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's no better on the bindies than if there's tie rod hanging out as well. So I think that's a great shot. Tough it car. Very it, tough it car. It is an excellent shot. He's letting rip, isn't he? <laughs> he is big time. Uh, and if you pop over the page. Do you reckon when he landed the door handle broke? <laughs> it was probably broken beforehand. <laughs> Next one is page 100, if you go over the page. Down the bottom, you've got the yellow XY wagon. Yeah, I love that Holman. thing. Yep. Oh, how cool the wagons. And, you know, just when they do the, I guess, those, what do they call them, like phantoms, when it's a model that was never released, such as, like, a GT wagon. But they do body styles, like panel vans or utes or whatever, yep. wagons painted up to match factory muscle. I just think that thing looks so tough. One of really my well favourite wagons was uh, Never Ending Project. Remember Brett that was with us on... Oh! Mate, <laughs> that poor bastard has been to hell and back with that wagon. It's still going. It's a never-ending project. See, yeah. I miss all this because I don't have I don't have any social media. I miss. Well, what's happened? Just oh, it's just dramas with like electrical and water pumps and all this stuff. He ended up buying himself like a limousine, <laughs> like a stress limo that he drives around, which is pretty cool. <laughs> 
I my next action Jackson was the same as you actually was Ahmed the 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 Mad Turk his HD that you spoke about the ball slammer I mean door slammer and a ball slammer (laughs) and on that same page was Arby's the original like a very early incarnation of Wolf Forty doing a fire burnout I thought was pretty awesome as well that's cool no I I love poor Four Forty man that's my car I love oh look look who's on page across across the page in front of that Ute um. Next page Sorry. across, underneath Greg's I, Beach Ball. I, was, I wasn't actually on the page. I was just going off my notes. Uh, 118, Greg Beach Ball. Underneath him. To the underneath left. Underneath him. Oh! Harry Highpants. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you reckon? Hey, of- you've got to mention in here too. I saw it before. On page one one two six up the top left Redmond. That's very well done, sir. Thank Nicely you. Done. One two six. Redmond, <laughs> the most the most, the most <laughs> prolific letter writer to your stuff of all time. We no, both know that's true. Has been known to show his dick and balls to various members of the staff. Impersonates Andrew Broadley with great gusto. Has been known to fall asleep in gardens, and Simon shows great uh, respect. And uh, patients dealing with this sex pest. <laughs> so fuck yeah, I didn't even see that. Self <laughs> <laughs> hit it, nail on the head. Didn't Thanks, self. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was pretty much both you and me. I think for Action Jacksons, you got something there for special mentions. I got a ripper. I got a. You know when you, bo- so you're probably hungry by now. You know when you bite into a piece of licorice and the texture takes you quite away, but it washes across your tongue, and you've got the. The sour notes as well, but it's kind of sweet and it's really fulfilling. And licorice is one of the nicest things that you can eat. Anyway, I just thought you'd be hungry by now. Yeah, thanks for rubbing that in, you motherfucker. Well, there. I've spelled it. Special mentions. Fuck, I can spell. Page 10, please, sir. Okay. Aha, uh-huh, right. What I've noticed on page 10 is see the credit list, the middle lane, second from the bottom? So you go to the credit list, you go to the middle lane, second from the bottom. Customer Experience Specialist and Community Engagement. Okay, Van Nugent. See that? Van Nugent. I can see that, yeah. I am part of the community. I insist on fucking getting his email and becoming a customer experience. Like, I want to talk to him for sure. What What else? What the fuck does that guy do? Is that a made-up job? I think it must be. Community engagement. I'm part of the community. Please tell, please put him in contact with you. I, pro- nah, I was going to say I won't promise I'll send him a ball <laughs> shot, but I probably fucking will. Hey, just while you're in that black section down there, uh, I love, this is something that Brett Collingwood does. Uh, see when they list out the staff on the far left, yep. how the titles change month to month. Like this yep. one's Killer B, Andrew Broadley. Yep. You've got Mojo, Leah, Povey, and Brendan. <laughs> I love. I just love how they do that. It makes me laugh every issue. It's one of the first things I look for. Is the yeah, like the one they did with pizzas was you know like the different sorts of pizzas, like the works and all that sort of stuff. I think, the and gr- these are obviously all number plates, like a burnout cars or whatever. So I yeah. think the Grunter edition, Telf might have done it with like Knights of the Round Table or something or other. And it was that funny that I sent it to Mitch Buchanan, Mitch uh, Dave no. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Mitch, so I sent it to Mitch Buchanan of ADB, and they done, they've done it a couple of times as well. It's something that they've picked up. I think it's really fucking hilarious. Yeah. And you know what else I find funny? What? St. Lucy's just come downstairs with a cup of tea for me. It's got like the Lipton's tea bag thing hanging out. Oh, Dilma. Sorry, I'm a Dilma extra strong tea man. Dilma. But I fucking feel like a cup of tea. Then I looked in it, and it's like, it's not tea. I'm going, oh, don't tell me it's like some green tea. Like she's trying to be funny. 
No, it's just Carry. a fucking. It's a mug of alcohol. <laughs> You're a mug about. Sally, fuck you. I'm fucking. I'm the one that's going dry here. That's not funny. It was funny when I done it with a fucking licorice. I think it's literally. It's a. It's a tea. It's a mug of tea. It's got the little Dilma, the little you know thing mm. hanging out of it on a piece of string, kind of like a friggin' like a med. And uh, but it's actually, it's a mug of alcohol. So there you go. That's not fair, man. I'm fucking. Anyway, so <laughs> my next special mention is look over the page. See the Harley yeah. Davidson ad. Can you yeah, read me the first? Can you read me the first line, please? Under the love affair. <laughs> this is like you talk at the flip the wrist. Hey, what? Yeah. Talk at the flip the wrist. Fucking talk, idiots. Talk at the flip the wrist. That yeah, there's obviously something missing there. It's I wrong. Thought they were talking about you, like you know, knocking the top off, like talk <laughs> at flipping the wrist. But. Yeah, I think there's obviously a word missing there. Yes, there, there, there definitely is, and I just think it's funny that um, this guy's got an outlaw black jacket, you know, black boots, black jeans, black glasses, black helmet. He's got fucking reflectors on the bike. What is it? A fucking see the reflectors on the the forks, and I'm <laughs> I'm an outlaw. Oh, 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 I, oh, I was trying not to spit out my drink. Man, I'm such a fucking reflector Nazi when it comes to to bikes. Like you buy one and they're fucking all over, and the first thing you do, you peel it off before you even start it. And you know, yeah. so mates come around with a bike, and you know, man, you got to get rid of the reflectors. You want any fucking twinklers for the handlebars or something? But yeah, that's what I, I definitely know. Maybe, maybe it's like Kinglish, like it's like talk at the flip the wrist. Like ah, it's, talk you know, the wrist. It might be that. I'm just trying to read the rest of it. The tooth is a beefy cruiser with a power to whip around corners and the size to intimidate lesser bikes. Experience it for yourself. Maybe you should go schedule your test ride today. I think it's funny. Intimidate lesser bikes. Yeah, I bet the guys on the R sickers are shitting themselves. <laughs> A fucking pirate ride past on a water pump. <laughs> I like Harley's having said that. I would have one. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. Yep. Page 29. The Milwaukee ad. Oh, okay. Yep. Can I have a fucking cry, please? Sure. Go for it. Man, I'm so fucking sick of everything being so over-tightened. Seriously, the Milwaukee should build a gun with reverse only in it. It's fucking out of control at the moment. Everything is everything you come to. Do you know what smooge is? In a workshop, smooge is like any of your. You actually get the proper products now. It's anti-seize for bolts, or it's it's a lubrication for bolts. We used to just yeah. use grease, you know. When you so, uh, especially on fleet gear, you use it on everything. You whenever you doesn't matter. Say you pull a handrail off, or you pull a bonnet off, or you pull a, a fuel pump, a water pump off, or a transmission out. When you put the bolts back together, you put smooge on them. Like used to just like say, used to be just a thin wipe of grease. You put on them, everything doesn't bind, and when you come to take it out. It's nice. That has been dead set forgotten. So I had um, a friend's son come around and put an exhaust on his WRX out in the driveway. And I yeah. said to him, I said to him, have you got any smooge? And he goes, what's that? And I said, you know, anti-seize. No. So, so I'll go and get some. And I said, look, mate, if you pull the door off it or you pull the boot, it's his, it's his street car. But just put a thin bit of smooge on it because it stops. You know, if you're taking the door on and off in the next 10 years or if you're taking your bond off it, they come off a lot or your radiator out, just lube your bolts. It makes everything so much nicer. This is the way I was taught. And he goes, oh. So... A couple of weeks later, I run into him, and he goes, oh, I was talking to the mechanic who works at a Mazda dealership. Um, I was talking to the mechanic. He said, that's bullshit. And I went, what is? He goes, no, you don't have to fucking lube your bolts. It's just, I'm like, oh, well, you don't have to. Of course you don't. Because, yeah, but that's something that's definitely been forgotten. The, you, you lube all your bolts. You like say so you do a little bit of grease, but now you've got the proper product for doing it. Yeah. I don't know if it's complicating things or... I don't know. I mean, just using a smear of grease always worked fine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, I but that, that's been forgotten. Over years, yeah. They're just bolts are getting jammed in. They're getting done up now, just with these tight guns and running into it so much. 
that it's making me fucking honk. I'm like, got I'm trying to take a uh, work hose, a work pipe off a digger the other day, and dead set, man. I broke a spanner trying to do it. I'm going, for fuck's sake, guys, come on. <laughs> I'm just getting old, grumpy, man. Uh, um, uh, wait till you start complaining about people doing all filters up too tight soon. You don't even need you don't even need a span. You don't need the tool. You put them on by hand. <laughs> um, page thirty is a fucking corker, and I've got a lot to say about it. And it is fucking excellent. Up the top left hand side, Sato's family. Yes, yeah. I one of my favourite thing in the photos of any of the cars is when the guy and his missus or his kids or something. There's a lot more room for that in our in our uh, photo shoots. I think Limpy, if you're listening. Some guys, some some people don't want the family in there. I, I understand that that thing, but it really makes it for me. That's a bloody excellent photo. When you, you see, it takes an army to build a car, Simon, doesn't it? Yeah, it can do for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I really like that. And um, there's another photo there, page thirty-three. Oh yeah, I'm here. That fair lane. I'm here. I'm really here. That um, that is a Ford Galaxy. That is such a cool car, and I. I chuck off all the time at the workshop about the guys who got these stupid big jacked up four-wheel drives to get around the country. Look at that thing, surfboards on the roof. Slim Dusty done it in a ZD Fairlane. Our mate Matt has got a Fairlane. That is a touring car. It's not a fucking four-cylinder fucking Mazda. Gee, yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting better. Yep. Nice. No, nothing wrong with that. It's just speaking the truth, mate. I reckon that is so cool. And that, that's um, uh, one last one. It's page 122. Uh, 122. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that is where I went to before. See, we've got uh, Rex Webster's FJ. We've got HA775. It just needs HQ for you and Disturbia, and I'm done. <laughs> that's my entire <laughs> That's my entire fucking lost on a desert island with only four streetcars fucking wish list. <laughs> I wish you could sleep in mine, I suppose. That's a bonus. I had before when I got kicked out of the house of farting. <laughs> on Australia Day, of all fucking things. I had an upset stomach. What are your um, special mentions, as I've spelled it? What are your special mentions? Okay. Page 34, thanks. Kevin Swans, 34. Now, this is not just my special mention. This is the, like, special mention in capitals, underlined and highlighted all at <laughs> once. Check out the photo at the bottom of the page in the middle. You've got a lineup of people. You've got Setos in the middle. Yep. There's a hot blonde next to him on the left, yep. right? It's probably his daughter. I'm probably going to get shot or killed by. So it's probably someone's wife. I'm about to get murdered. But anyway, look to the far right. And who do you see? All clean cut with a big smile, looking all fucking dapper in that dark green suit. Fuck's me. Simon Telford. No. Yep. Wow, yep. it is too. It fucking is. <laughs> it's the Iceman. He's quick and nimble. He just look. Look at him. He's a bit of a he dick, looks like isn't he? He's about. He's yeah. Red he's like suit. a spunk. Fucking you know? hell! Did you I mean, work that still, out? Or... You know, he can still unfold the wrinkles these days. Look, have a look at how smart he looks. Wow. He looks so smart. He looks like he? the prime minister for the country of Simon Telford. Fucking oath! I just couldn't get over how smart he presented. So yeah, no. But I saw that. I was like, fuck me. That's that's, that's Telfo. Yeah, so it's a freaking crack shot. It is too, whatever. That is the world's shittest tie that fucking said has got. And I've got a fucking... It's all right, it's his tie. I've got it for a fucking tattoo. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like those stickers you used to buy. You'd see people put them on their cars as graphics in the 80s, like Hyundai <laughs> Excels and shit. Um, right, next one, page 67, please. The Street yep. Pro Alloy Wheels yep. ad. Mm-hmm. 
that AP6 Utes actually owned by a very good mate of mine, Dale Gridley, and he's building it for drag challenges. He's got a really, like, I'm talking like eight-second capable LS combo in it, massive turbo, all the rest of it. The thing I love about this Ute is he cops so much shit for it on the various platforms for social media because of the paint or the lack of paint, because of the whole patina thing or because of the it's got an LS in it or whatever. You know how, like, if methanol burns, it creates oxygen and it just makes it even more potent. If he cops shit, he just rolls with it and just slams. He just he just shuts people down. Like, it just inspires him to go even further with it, which is really <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I fucking love this year. I can't wait to see it run. I hope for his sake, I hope it runs an awesome number. It's a great ute and a great build and owned by a top bloke. Yeah, well, um, there's a little bit of a, a 60-degree separation. I actually painted that for him. It looks like, <laughs> look, look, looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> Next one's page 120, please, mate. Why don't you like that VF? Uh, sorry, what do you mean? I thought you'd be all over it. No, just, no. Oh, I like it, but I just, doesn't like give me a stiff or anything. I'm just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't not like it. Mm. I just, yeah, I don't know. Just something about it. I don't know what to say. The photo yeah. shoot is so fucking clever, man. Who done it? Matthew Evingham. It's a really clever photo shot, bro. That photo oh, yeah. shoot really... The dark colours where he's managed to put in a dark environment, a dark car, and he's managed to hit the lights. That's right. Like, to make that work is pretty yeah. fucking skillful, really. Okay, middle of page 120, left side, Dave Ryan's GDO. Yep. That, that thing's fucking cool. That just takes me back to, again, the very early 80s of Australian, of Australian street machining with the graphics and that sort of stuff. I think it's very cool. And that shot above of Craig Parker with Tough XY. When he went street machine of the year, he's got the mullet going and the t-shirt. Look at the fucking stance of that XY. Yeah, it's low and fat with the flares and the fucking wheels, huge tyres for the time. It just yeah, it looks awesome. Oh, so I actually, love that. Actually, it's the Ford version of HQ for you, isn't it? Pretty much, I agree. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. And flick forward to one seven two. Thanks, mate. Oh, yep, down the bottom, Troy yep. Barker's sneaker. Fucking love. It. I just love that whole JDM look or whatever they call it. I'm in that. It's really cool. I am yeah. from my original one of my likes is definitely four cylinders and uh, our good friend Damien Chubby Lowe, his brother Jason. I'm friends with Jason. He, him, and I are always back and forth with four cylinders. Four cylinders are awesome. I really yeah. like them. Whatever, but just all the you know the Datsuns, the Gemini's, the the Corollas, the Coronas, Celicas. That is a cool car. See, I love all that stuff like 180SXs and S15s and well, I think they're the same thing. I don't really know, but yeah. I love all those sort of. Well, I guess when I say modern, I suppose they're what nineties and two thousands. I don't know. Like I actually kind of dig those things. Well, yeah, there's a there's a car. It looks tough as a car at the moment called the A eighty six. That's the yeah. Toyota two wheel a uh, two door rear wheel drive. Yeah, the Subaru based thing. Yeah. yeah, that's that then, and they race them at the at the supercars support class. Man, for under twenty grand, you can get into one of them, and everybody wins. Oh, WRX smoke. I'm like, okay, we're not about that, bro. I'm about a two door Toyota rear wheel drive. I'd put a set of steel wheels and mud flaps on it and go and fucking uh, beat the piss out of yeah, it on the dirt. Yeah, you know it's funny too when you talk about those things. Where was I going to go with this conversation? Rear wheel drive, like drifting. You saw on uh, what was that show? Top Gear. They drifted the fuck out of one of those things. Yeah, it was cool. Awesome. Yeah. Was it to oh, do? Anyway, was it to do with masturbation or chocolate, Simon? Probably both. At the same time, probably using chocolate to masturbate. <laughs> so moving on from that, Spat me I would go to page two eleven, please. Down the bottom, Costa Jeffries eight set hole in one tonner. Special mention, mate. He's 
a fucking one of the original hashtag moots. He's top too. bloke. Yeah. Funny, a funny clap clap as well. And how cool is that Ute looking? Old school, especially for a bloke who's young. Like he's fucking not even twenty one yet. He, he's just all over it, eh? With old school, like making something look cool. Who's um, Slim Dusty's co-writer and guy that he used to tour with, Costa? I wonder if he named after him. Ah, yeah, Slim- I have to ask him. Yeah. Costa Jeffries, let us know. Are you named after Slim Dusty? Daddy, Slim Dusty songwriter. I've got a mate from uh, Char- uh, from Greenvale that's uh, Duncan. He's named after. Ah, right. Duncan's me mate. Oh, yeah. mate, he lives about five k's from the Three Rivers Hotel. Slim Dusty yeah. song. And if yeah. you if you even go and do the fucking love to have a beer with Duncan, you're probably going to get fucking glassed. <laughs> uh, that's not true. He's a lovely fellow. He actually is. He's a he's a nice guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, look. Lastly, for my special mentions. Now, I'm never going to hear the end of this. I need you to go back to page twenty, please. Oh, for fuck's sake! Why don't we just? <laughs> oh, look. It was a late. It was a late addition to the whole thing. That's oh, all. Yeah, right. Eh? Yep. That's what all the girls say. Top of the page, page twenty. You've got on the marks. On the Mark Parsons Snapshots Part yeah. 5. Fuck, I've enjoyed doing this. This bloke's a cracker. At one stage, he owned that XD Ute. It was originally built by Len Moore back in the 80s, and it was featured, you see it in, you know, features of the Street Machine, Nationals, the Summer Nats, and all that sort of thing. How fucking tough does that look? XD Ute, it's got the LTD bonnet, blowing Clevo, all the gear, set of armor lights on it. I just remember that so clearly as being a, a really cool Street Machine from that era. And another Ute, actually, of that same i think it was an xd2 it might have been xc but i'm pretty sure it was an xd there was this metallic silvery green kind of colored xd ute of the same era had a set of simmons on it and it was louvered to the fucking eyeballs bonnet tailgate i think it might have even had a wagon number plate uh recess in the tailgate and everything i'll dig up some photos of it it was sort of a ute from around the same time, which I've always remembered as well, which looks super cool. But, yeah, I just think that thing looks tough ass. So much good uh, stuff for the XDs. You remember Shotgun Romance? The, yeah, of The, the yeah. green one with the 460 had Mark Scaravese's XD. You've got, remember, Mr. Rattle, Red Rat, was it? The LTD. Yeah, front, the that's, LTD. Yeah. tough ass. Yes, yeah, so, so much good XD stuff uh, around. XD, XE, XF. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. And, uh, mate, I guess kind of to wrap up this review, what have you got for, like, a reader's rocket? Oh, I had the FJ. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, page 69, dude. Oh, my God. You even texted me about that the other day, and I still fucking forgot to do it. Right, eh? Well, uh, allow me. What's it now? Hold on. What have I got on here? 69. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. Mad Magazine. What do you know about Mad Magazine? I'm not fucking my magazine. Yes, you are. You. I'll be the no, judge I'm of not. that. You're going to fuck it. Okay. Righto. Let's go. Lucky so, I've got two copies. Yep. If you fold, let me have a look. What do we do? Is this page 69 still? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. You're right. So fold the front cover in half. So HQ for you is now pointed. The number plate is now pointed up to you. And you mm-hmm. put it over the front of Leo's uh, VF. Yep. You'll notice that the HQ for you now has its rear end in the front end of the VF, and if you push it a bit forward, the VF has its front end in the rear end of HQ for you. So it is actually a proper sixty-nine. These two cars are having a sixty-nine, bro. Oh wow! I get you. Yeah. Yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. So there you go. You got a HQ given a VF Valiant Oral. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk it? 
Hey, um, because I don't have social media, can you fill me in on what's going on with Grunter, please? Uh, yeah. I guess this is digress quickly. There's a Street Machine Legends Volume 2 book, hardcover book, coming out for Christmas, and I know Grunter is one of the... Fucking really? Yeah. That's fucking good news. Yeah, he's got it back out. It's like all being detailed. He's, He's getting it ready to put back on the show scene. Old Grunter. Love it. So that'll be good. Yeah. Mate, did you? I've already asked you about the Reeves Rocket. I kind of cheated with my Reeves Rocket, to be brutally honest. And if you go back to page, you got him. Go back to back to page two one eight. No, two one six. Go back another one. Well, you're a mess, bro. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. What happens when you get given a, a mug of tea that's alcohol? Two one six. Yep. Natasha Welch's uh, crown with the LS. That's cool. Now, of course, she's the partner of Brenton Herod, who is, as you know, is the brother of Tough Two Five Three, Shannon Herod. I didn't you know that. Forgotten that car or that person? Oh, no, oh I got to go in that at Summonats in a burnout contest. Did you? Yeah, really? bro. Seriously, Did caught you? on fire. Yeah, no. I mean, he, when we finished, he gave me a can of VB and he, he took me in the car. His wife Brand is so sweet. cool, bro. Sweet. Seriously, I shit you not. <laughs> Natasha and Brenton, they built this car, like, did the engine conversion. I just think it's fucking cool ass. It is Try to crown cool. the LS. Like, I didn't who know that. wouldn't want to cruise around in that? I've got one Maybe. more special mention. I've just got to find Zip Page. Sure. Do you reckon broads will kill me one day? Uh, it'd, be, it'd be justified. Maybe. I should pick on yeah. someone, someone smaller, eh? He's fucking big. He's fucking st- He's like, you know that, remember that cartoon called Magilla Gorilla? Where that, that, no, Grape Ape, where the ape would actually be sitting on top of the van and the dog would drive this van around with the, the <laughs> ape sitting on top of it? That was one of your dreams. It's never actually been a cartoon. Stop passing off your dreams as cartoons. We've spoken about this. <laughs> yeah, it's a really big uh, a magazine for their 40th, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm almost there. Oh, we should have done this one. Page 125. I'm sorry, there's no fucking numbers, of course. Yeah, there's 124, so you got to... Yeah. Oh, yeah, got it, yep. <laughs> the fucking old man, see Dad there? Picking his <laughs> fucking ass. He's a classy unit, eh? He is class, all it, class. Even, like, 30 years later, Mum splintered when she's seen that. All the photos of him have to put... He's always picking his... She doesn't swear. Always picking his beep. <laughs> He's all <laughs> style, isn't he? Just while we're on there... You've got to mention Prem 70. How fucking cool was that? The wagon. Ian Hazel's wagon. It was like the forerunner to super detailed, super crisp and clean street machines. It is fairly cool. Page 165. The bottom. The orange thing. I know that car. (laughs) What's wrong with you, bro? What do you mean? That's your daily drive, man. (laughs) I've got to admit to something, though. In the time since we finished the thong slappers, I actually bought myself another daily. Right. What happened was... I was looking at the van. I said, what's the cheapest way to fit air conditioning in a five-speed to this car? And it was by Mazda. So I bought like a $2,000 Mazda 3 to cane around in. But it's manual. It does fucking awesome second gearies. It's a great car. But no, the van still gets just as much love as the Mazda. I just use the Mazda for doing shit like going to the shops and all that sort of stuff. I know I'm going to cop hate mail and all the rest of it, but I don't really care. It's just the thing that kind of made it happen was I was at Brookside, which is a shopping centre in Brisbane, and I had the orange van there, and I came downstairs to find, like, ten people standing around, <laughs> like young young punks. Mm. And they were taking photos, and that's all cool, but I don't know. I thought, man, I'm going to get this thing stolen one yeah. day. You know, I just try and pick and choose where I take it a little bit more now. 
I see you're lucky in, in, in some sense, and there's a lot of people that fall into this category. They bought their cars when they were, you know, a, um, a well, from brand new. When that Mazda 3 was brand new, what year is it? 2000? 2005, yeah. Would have it been worth more than you paid for the van? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It was like probably, oh, geez, it probably would have been brand new. It would have had to have been maybe high teens. Yeah. See, so I've, I've said that, I've long said that, that. When uh, when I was still married to the broom rider, she wanted a new car, and I'm like, for that price, you can buy, you know, a really nice HR wag and put aircon in it and slam it and stuff, you know, for the price of a fucking what does she want? Like some piece of shit fucking CRV or something, you know? How funny is it? Who is it that Keynes? Uh, is it Glenn Torrance that Keynes the piss out of SUVs? Probably. Yes. He's saying like it's so the Toyota SUV is a Corolla that's two ton heavier than a Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I still love Mr. Juicy. He still does heaps of driving, heaps of work, so, yeah. I'm not sure where I sit with the VK at the moment. I've got a lot of – I give myself 17 months, I turn 50, so I've just got um, a few projects. I've got, yeah, it's, I've got a lot of shit to do before I worry about a car. I'm, I, I drive my uh, VESS every day. I really want a VFSS just so I can put a sticker on it that says the last of the V8 interceptors. <laughs> yeah, and they're a really tough car. So your VE is awesome, though. Like, the colour of that thing, man. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, absolutely... I opened the bonnet last year. Yeah, I bet. I'm just hoping by the time I'm 50, I just want to get Lucy's EH finished and actually get my V8 hardtop going again. That's all I'm hoping for. So I've got a couple of years. So hopefully it'll be before then. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's whole part of being a streetcar guy for the, for the one year you drive and the eight years it's off the road. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been really fun to, to catch up and I was pretty excited when you, you texted me and said, uh, Send me nudes. I mean, when you uh, do, you want to do a, uh, a podcast? There's, there's just heaps of guys that I need to thank, and I just can never remember them. But you, you know, you know who you are. Like uh, Rich Wright, he's he's, he's a champion. Uh, I'm you- just sorry, quickly butt in there with Rich Wright. Yep. I need to apologise, like for Rich. I fucking sent him emails, and I'm just a busy slack clap clap. And I really apologise to Rich for not getting back to him earlier. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to send him a massive email and just bore him to probably tears. But I just want to put it out there officially that I'm very apologetic to Rich for not returning his emails. How's this? So he lives in England, obviously. Yeah. One night I'll dart. I'll dart, mate. Tell you, pip pipper ra. One night I'm like, "Have you got any motor?" <laughs> That's a uh, the minder. Have you got any stickers? Yeah. Sorry, uh, I said, um, "What's your phone number?" And he sent it to me. And I rang him. I just got the work phone. Went and rang him. Yeah, <laughs> <So, laughs> oh, man, I had a chat to him for about an hour. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, when I was at in primary school, you go to the local library and you could get a pen, friend. So they had them on like a little folder. And I think I had yeah. one in France or whatever, in uh, New mm. Guinea. And I just let it go, you know, once you, once you leave school. But said to Rich, we we'd definitely need to do something like that, you know. Oh, definitely. I think it's a great idea. And he's a fucking top guy. Like, really, all the people are. And like I said, you know, the fact that um, the Never Late guys, it's really good to hear them sort of talking to people as well. Like, you know, it's good to hear some of the old voices and the old names again as well. Yeah. You know, like Barnett and Simon Grasscutter-Clark and all these guys who we've stayed friends with anyway. And fucking, yeah. And champion effort by... Tim, his Barney's Autocraft, he's actually the one that did the Firebird yeah. for us, the Thong Slappers Firebird, which we've kind of put out there with this special edition Thong Slappers episode. So, cheers to Barney, mate. He always does great work. He, he does better than great work. He's, he's a really good one. Matty Waters, um, uh, Never Ending Project. Oh, fuck, I'm going to forget people. Obviously, Brett Abraham, Benny Hewlett, Broads, Telf. Um, yep. All good clap claps. Yeah. Every single last one of you. 
Yep. Bob Bob Cottmill, g'day Bob. How you going, mate? Hope you go hope you going really well. <laughs> Sorry, it's stage right done and dusted. I think so. Oh, I'm actually just going back here now. I I can't remember seeing a stage right for quite a while. Wow. I, I sorry. I just I might just go back to. Sorry. I know we're we're recording here. I'm just going to quickly go to this A to Z. I have a feeling that it might be. I think he might have retired from it. Imagine the irony if they replaced him with you to do a <laughs> column. I, I wouldn't get in on time. I'd fuck Telfer around. He'd send me a fart in the mail and we wouldn't be friends. At least Bob Cottmell can get it done. It doesn't mean I'm not going to take the piss out of him. Yeah, okay. No, it doesn't. I don't think it's a current thing anymore, maybe. Mm. I'll have to check it out. Mm. Well, I'm going to go bushwalking and buying fucking throw rugs because apparently that's what so sober people do. I'm going to go and just try and work out what the fuck, how the fuck we're going to get these cars built. Well, um, the other thing is, if you get drunk between the moon and New York City, I know it's crazy, but it's true. Are you trying to give me some of my own medicine? <laughs> Stand well, up, it's like bad medicine. <laughs> hey, listen, I guess just to wrap this episode up, I just want to add on, make sure you listen in for after we do our little closing shit, like the music and stuff, because you've actually got it to the 60 that we've tacked on the end of this episode. Yeah, we just thought we'd, we'd bang one in there. And, uh, and, and add an episode as well. <laughs> and... Uh, it's another, uh, have a listen to it. It's probably worth a bit of a giggle. Yeah, man. It's been awesome catching up with you again, and I'm sure we'll probably crank something out next year. But, uh, yeah, it's and been great podcast. to chat and, <laughs> and talk Street Machine and do lots of sexual innuendo. <laughs> so thanks again to everyone who listens and continues to listen and maybe is listening to this or whatever the case may be and just keeps the dream alive, I suppose, just with various shit. We made so many great friends doing this podcast. Fuck, it's been awesome, mate. Seriously. Yes, um, also my commiserations if you are listening to this. I just apologise <laughs> apologize deeply. <laughs> <laughs> no, good, mate. I'll catch up with you. Right, so I'll catch up next time I come to Townsville. Hopefully I can travel again soon. You sure will, buddy. Give my love to your family. But not that fucking dog, badge-eating motherfucker. Fuck me, pissing in his own fucking Go and play on the road. Go and play on the road. Yeah, anyway. No, all cool, mate. Hope all everyone's right. keeping well. And, uh, yeah, I'll chat to you soon, man. Have right. fun. See you, man. Redmond here from the Thong Slappers. This is our latest installment in our To The 60 short story podcast. There's something to do with isolation, but not quite for the corona, as you'll hear. This is Christmas 2020. Begin. In true 2020 style, my Christmas had slid asshole gaping wide into the dildo abyss. The workshop I'm employed at runs 24-7, 365, and my crew has a fully ass-banged end of the roster for the next five years. The ass-banging takes place every Christmas. The Romans, in brackets management, decree to us barbarians, in brackets workshop, that manning levels must be maintained during Christmas New Year. Therefore, only the minimum leave shall be granted. In the shed, we have a gentleman's agreement. The rule of thumb is half the crew will man the watch each year. In effect, each man should be able to have every second Christmas off, barring bushfires, pandemic or alien invasion. As if I need to spell out the parameters of yin-yang, my 2019 Christmas is one of my best ever. Yin. 2019 Christmas road trip in my SS. I grinned and rode my BMX, played my guitar, slept beside my car, ate my mum's apple pie, ate my sister's Christmas feast, a visit to the Summonats with mates, swimming and surfing at Foster and Lake Macquarie, then visiting all my uncles and aunties and cousins. Yang, 2020 Christmas. I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it would fall leaking from my ass. Literally. 
Christmas Eve, my flight to work was booked for early Arvo and all of us on the flight were trying to sound cheery and upbeat, but we knew we had 12 hours of night shift awaiting us upon landing. I had packed myself a little frozen Christmas hamper and figured out it won't be so bad. Many people are in the same situation and early Christmas parties or late catch-ups with loved ones is in fact a modern de facto Christmas. With lofty pick-me-up thoughts like this, I put my work clothes on, then ate a light dinner in the mess, in brackets, the Camel Meat Cafe. For the last couple of days, I'd suffered a slightly upset stomach. Nothing unusual this time of the festive season. I do know that orange juice is an accelerant to diarrhoea now. I dropped into our medical site centre to see my mate Mark, the medic, to mooch some gastro-stop tablets in case tonight's shit turned to brown liquid. Upon entering the clinic, I was barked at, wait outside. Clearly, this was not Mark. After a short wait on the outback side of the screen door, I saw the frame of the door darken. What do you want? challenged the shadow troll at the door. Is Mark about, I feebly ask? No, he is on holidays, snaps back through the screen door. Okay, I reply as my mind races trying to remember how the troll under the bridge fable ends. What do you want? The troll barks back, positively a growl now. Such is the power of the shadow's growl, two dozen outback blowflies bounce startled off the screen door. For lack of a covered path of retreat, I ask in a whimper, can I see the medic, please? The screen door opens. A medic looks me up and down. She's my senior in age, height, boxing division, and most likely character. I'm the medic for the week. What do you want? She's getting pissy with me now. I want you to apologize for invading Poland is what my mind says, but my lips say nothing. What do you want? She asks again. Could I grab a box of diarrhea stopper tablets, please? I have a little bit of an upset stomach. My question served as a weak opening for her to hit me with a barrage of questions, each one more loaded than the last. Christ, I'm in too deep here. Describing the texture, the smell, the viscosity, the frequency of my feces. Look, to be quite honest, I tend to relieve my waist into the toilet and have no further correspondence with the said poo. I quip. Wrong answer. Nurse Ratchet is unhappy. I start drawing my battle lines and, and I inform her I can change a leaking rear main seal on a million dollar engine without needing an oil sample so surely she can give me a few pills to stop my leaking rear main. She starts poking and prodding me and demanding a sample. She checks my hydration level and blood pressure. I can feel we're getting close to the crescendo of this opera, and I think she wants to see my freckle. That cheers me up a bit, as I figure ripping her a brown eye would be some of the best clinical medicine I've ever self-prescribed. She feels the tension rise, and the clairvoyant inside her correctly tells her I'm about to start talking out of my ass. In what I take to be a tactical retreat, she issues me with a dozen poo-stopping pills I accept with all the grace of a victorious field marshal. Then she snatches away my victory with a truly excellent lightning-fast coup de gras that Ulysses Grant would flinch at. As I was packing my poo pills into my backpack, she was fumbling around with her mobile phone. She starts speaking on it. I presume she was just ordering some vampire hearts from Uber Eats. Hi, it's Beep, the site medic. Are you Adam's supervisor? Okay, he is now under 36-hour lockdown self-isolation in his room effective immediately. I do not want his gastro bug to spread. She speaks some words into her phone. Okay. This happened about two hours ago, and it's Christmas Eve. I cannot go to the mess, the bar, the shop, or the Christmas meal. I cannot leave my room. She's going to drop my meals off to the doorstep of my room. I think she may be on sentry duty out the front with her Luger locked and loaded. I'm sure she'll drop off some fine sandwiches and a glass of water soon. The joke is on her because I have a tin of butterscotch lollies in here, but I have to run the shower to cover the noise of the rattling tin being opened. And Frank, I dedicate these lollies to you. What a Christmas. What a year. Written by Redmond. Myself, 
Of a new day, hit me from out of the blue. 